Do we have a topic here? You got a, you got a list of things? No. Oh gosh. We're just gonna start from the beginning. Okay. Are you recording yet? Yeah. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. I'm with Leah Piper. Hello, hello, party people. She's my other half. Officially now, that a ring is involved. <laughs> Locked it in. She said yes. With a circular device. Yeah. So we are uh, currently on our way to Nebraska, to the ranch, to do a little uh, fall calf sale situation with cattle and then hunt a little bit also. And then I'm going to start my guiding season the last week of October. And then we have a tiny little break the first week of November because, I don't know, nobody called me. And, um, <laughs> and uh, Throwing shade. <laughs> There's and, still time, people. There is still time. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, then we'll start November really hitting it hard. Finish out in December for the guiding stuff. And then we have tags in Colorado for elk four-season elk tags, so we're going to pull the trailer down. I think we're going to talk about the trailer a little bit in our discussions today. We really don't have a, a line of topics. I mean, I kind of do, but... Which is a rough thing we're for, just road for tripping. me, because I'm a very detail-list-oriented person. Yeah, she jo is. Jordan's like, we're just going to freeball it, and I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, I don't know. Yeah, and I had, you know, eight hours today to write a list <laughs> haven't done it but um anyway yeah we're just gonna talk about deer i shot a mule deer it would have been a week ago today tomorrow. tomorrow a week ago tomorrow which would be a monday probably when this podcast is gonna air actually uh yeah i shot a mule deer buck on a general tag in old idaho and high country buck and so we're gonna talk about that too and then we hunted quite a bit we got to hunt a bit in September together, and we did like a little bit of backpacking, a little bit of like road camping, um, and yeah, we're just going to talk about some of that, the gear, whatnot. So I think the first thing is probably how we kicked off in September. So I had a sheep hunt that I filmed in Wyoming the first week of September. So we didn't hunt then. I don't think, did you go out? I had a bachelorette party in oh, Priest Lake right. with some friends, so I went and <clears throat> frolicked around in some mm -hmm. mountain mountain water. I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I uh, filmed that sheep hunt. We shot it on the first day. The video's up on my YouTube if anybody's interested. And then, uh, then the next weekend is the first weekend we went in. And we had scouted a little bit, and it was probably, like, the latter part of June... Um, I found two buck, well, yeah, two bucks on the hillside that I actually ended up shooting a buck on, literally 500 yards from where I shot him. Um, I found those, that was later June, they're still in velvet, couldn't exactly tell what kind of bucks they were going to be. Ended up, I only had one evening, and then we were doing something, I don't know, we were busy, we were busy wedding. all, all we, oh, went yeah, we went to a wedding, That's yeah, right. yep, and then, so we did that, and then we came back a couple other times during the summer, tried to get closer to get a better idea where the deer were going to be. We had a flat tire situation <laughs> that we, like, had a whole weekend planned out. Had a flat tire situation. Um, this is a good note for people. I got new rims, 
on my pickup because I didn't want 20s, I wanted 17s, and I wanted them to look cooler also. But mostly because of the set, the size, because of tires and such. So, anyways, uh, they didn't give me the adapter or like the four-way that I had and the lug wrench that I had in the pickup didn't fit between the hubcap and the like didn't fit basically. So that was fun. We were a twee bit stranded, and some nice Georgian mm -hmm. people came by. And I like to be potentially abducted, so I hopped in with them and mm -hmm. rode back to town and uh, commandeered a friend's pickup, went to Les Schwab and bought some supplies and came back, changed the tire. But in that time, we went, we, we kind of switched out from being uh, going up on a backpack scout trip to uh, just crashing in the truck. Mm -hmm. We had my brother's dog, Wilson, um, and he was with us. And so Jordan and him went up on the hill to scout in the evening while I messed around with the tire situation. Yeah. Uh, she dumped everything out of her pack and then we just slept in the back of her, her pickup because she's got a camper shell. Yep. When when I got all of the all of the things figured out. Yep. So we crashed in the back of that, which was an interesting night of deer in the parking lot <laughs> snipping the back tailgate. Um, and then that evening, yeah, it was that evening when I went up to scout with Willie and you were dealing with the tire stuff. Uh, I jumped a buck up off the ridge. I wanted to be, I wanted to go, like, essentially, I think the best way to describe this is I wanted to go two ridges in and look back on the first ridge. Due to time constraints, I just went to the first ridge and was like, whatever, I'll just go down it and glass from Which there. Which is the ridge that you had seen the bucks on. Yep. Which the is previous time that yep, you had scouted. Exactly. And so I went down that ridge, ended up jumping like four or five deer off of it. One buck for sure that was close to me bedded by himself. And I just saw him as he was running away. And then there was like some more deer and they were kind of going through some thicker trees, whatever. And I was on a north facing slope. That particular, where they were bedded was on a north facing slope. So... I, uh, we went in, scouted the next morning, glassed that slope, didn't see him, didn't find anything. And then that's pretty much all we got to scout. Because someone think. had to, you know, skip off to Alaska and oh, go yeah. on, a, on a little thing called doll sheep hunt. Mm -hmm. I did. So I went and smacked a doll sheep, which I just took to the taxidermist to get a uh, full body mount. So went to Hunter's Choice there in Nampa, RJ Cole, and uh, yeah, seems like it's gonna be super badass. I thought I was gonna get it like coming down off of a rock and like looking to the left, all like dreamy-eyed, you know. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do they have different eyeball inserts that they put in I for dreamy know. eyes? I don't know. I should ask. <laughs> but when I got in there, he didn't have any sheep currently mounted in there but he had a mountain goat that was like kind of standing up on some rocks like a little more uphill and that looked sweet so I think that that's the way I'm going to go there so random it's a random side note there if you have any opinions let us know yeah no kidding and also for opinions I was going to add in we are uh, we're robot tripping to Nebraska from old Idaho and we are thinking of choosing the wedding venue of Targhee, or Targhee. Grand Targhee. Grand Targhee, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, yeah, we stopped, it looks good. 
if anybody has any connections in that area for a wedding venue or a nice field. Wow. Just using your resources yeah. here, J-Bud. Hey, oh, man. We use resources around here. Oh, jeez. And, uh, yeah, at jordan.bud on Instagram. Hit me up. And if not, runningordermedia at gmail.com. <laughs> respond to an email will trade hunting services yes. for wedding services will trade guided hunts for wedding <laughs> stuff yes absolutely i will oh geez so uh anyways just wanted to throw that in there <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay so then i don't remember oh yeah we shot the shot yeah. the doll sheep yeah back back to back to yeah. hunting let's 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 cut out this wedding shot stuff the old doll and uh then came back, did the Wyoming sheep hunt, and then we went into this area um, that we'd kind of been scouting. And I don't know, um, oftentimes I think I just get really, I don't know, I think I have to backpack early season for deer or whatever. And I don't think the plan that we had was necessarily a bad plan. Yeah, um, I think it was a solid plan. Yeah, went so... In. Basically, it was going in, like, what, three miles up a drainage, getting on top of this big, I don't know, just, like, the main ridge and getting on top of the, a really good glassing point and glassing, and we could see so much country, and uh, we were above the mountain goats and just didn't end up high country bucks, really. mule deer. Yeah. Are they located above the mountain goats? No. <laughs> They're not. And I think, do you know how many times I've done that? Multiple states gone to where I think the deer should be and they're not there. I feel like your first kind of year hunting uh, deer in Idaho, you wanted to full send. Yeah. High. New area. And it was like bird's eye view for sure. We could see a lot of good area. We could see the north facing slope of the ridge that she had scouted those bucks up and had um, bumped those bucks while she was scouting. Mm -hmm. So like, you know, we were looking, gosh, I mean, unless the deer were like right next to us, right around the little peak that we were on. I mean, we were looking at least three quarters of a mile. Oh yeah. To like where they could have been. So like, I think early season, like that late June, like early July, if you're scouting type of situation, when the deer are just active more during the day and they're red <laughs> and not gray little ghosts, I think that that would be a better tactic. But we ended up, we packed it, we didn't really, we didn't see anything and we were both pretty bummed. I mean, like I knew what I had saw and I knew that there were deer in the area, but I was just like, we're we're just kind of sitting here because we can't move like it's a commitment when you back in when you backpack in like that i think that's important to note probably that's like a real that's commitment to be back in there when you don't exactly know like the exact deer you're going after and like where exactly you're going i guess um so we pulled out of there and we ended up just like kind of picking a spot on the map sort of we gave that, that you've been in a there. place a, a weekend two different camp yeah. spots 
we were far away from the ridge that mm -hmm. we had seen the bucks on. We decided we wanted to be able to look. They were in a burn. It was hard to pick apart from as far away as we were. So mm -hmm. we moved closer. We really gave it some effort on that burn side, I feel like. So we did a whole weekend. And then it was yeah. the next weekend that we jumped ship. Yeah. And I we ended up finding, or I saw a buck on that burn, or in that burn. But when I saw, after I, like, saw him, I was like, holy shit. Like, we're missing so much in there. Just, it was, it's it was really so, thick so thick, so hard to glass. Like, I had, I couldn't even explain to you where the deer was because I just had to stay peeled in my glass to keep an eye on him. Otherwise, I was going to lose him, you know? So, we kind of popped smoke on that, especially for the archery hunt. I was like, dude, no way. Like, this is going to be hard. So, yeah, we moved in ended up going to an area where I think we had driven through just like we had driven up and back down the main road and took a look at it I took a look at it on Onyx you'd been in there because mm -hmm. um, you'd been in the area like a bit not really hunting but yeah dirt biking in the summers and stuff like that yeah. and I used to work uh, for the Forest Service uh, on the trail crew when mm -hmm. I was in college and did a lot of trail maintenance and stuff like that back in back in this whole zone yeah, so, like, you had a good feel for it. So I just, like, you told me it looked good back there. Like, yeah, there's good spots. So I just literally pulled Onyx up and just looked for, like, a few features that I was thought I was looking for. And that was basically, like, I wanted more of, you know, I wanted to look into more of a southern-facing type slope. I wanted a lot of, um, like, vegetation vegetation diversity like some cover um i don't know mixed like cover and open areas trees yeah and some sagebrush in there too and like and i just kind of we blindly picked it and it was just like all right here we go so the first morning we went in we brought the trailer in we went in went off got to about where we thought we needed to be brought the trailer to the off trail the trail line. Yeah, got the trailer to the trailhead. And then it was, then what, we three miles? Then we the next morning. Yeah. Two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then we just got, like, on the, we stopped on the trail to where about what we, where we thought we needed to be. We really didn't know. And then we looked on the topo, and you're like, I think this is, this is probably about where we need to be. So we went up on this first little glassing knob, and there were some trees and stuff in the way where we glassed, and, like, we found bucks couple deer yeah yeah found some deer and ended up after it got light enough we could see that there was a better glassing point uh so we moved to that just a little bit higher point with some rocks and ended up finding some glassed up some bucks and they bedded under some like cliffy type stuff frank and friends yep frank and friends <laughs> and yeah we watched them go on this hillside and bed up and you hadn't uh, shot anything with your bow. Yeah, I'm a little, I wouldn't say that I'm like new to archery uh, hunting, but I'm definitely new to actually being successful at archery hunting. Archery hunting when I was younger in, in college to no avail. And so since Jordan has come to my life, I have decided that I'm going to shoot something with a sharp stick. Mm -hmm. Did that with turkey on the ranch last oh, year, yeah. which was a good little booster. Um, 10 yards. Yeah, it's pretty fun. So I like to get close, as it turns out. Yeah. Um, and so I was like, you know, Frank was a little three-point 
and I, if anything, just needed practice stalking. And um, so I was like, you know what? I'm going to go for that. And Jordan was like, really? And I was like, look, he's bedded down right underneath these rocks. It'd be kind of rad. And uh, so I... I thought it would be epic. Yeah. When you were going on the stock, I was like, they're bedded in the most awesome spot ever. Yeah, some kind of cool big rocks that I could sneak yeah. up up and over and stuff. Wind was in good favor. Um, and so I went up and around. It took me like an hour and a half mm-hmm. to go up and around. And then I... Uh, came straight down on them. Uh, it was kind of like sandy type of uh, hillside. So I just took off my shoes when I got to like 70 yards away and just kind of like rolled in the sand the rest of the way down there and scooched um, over the top of these rocks. And we had seen a little cutout that we thought would be pretty ideal for me to shoot from. Didn't quite realize how close that cutoff was no. was going to make it. And when I... I could see the rock feature I wanted to stand next to in order to potentially shoot. And from where I was, in order to get around to that corner, I was scooting around and uh, could finally see a little fork and an ear. And I ranged it, and it was 14 yards away. (laughs) I was like, ooh, close. (laughs) I know. When we were talking through, like, how to go over there, uh, I was like, it's going to be close. I was like, I think it's going to be, like, pretty in close to those rocks and stuff and then when you had got around I was where you know I was still on the rocks like trying to film you go in and you got to the top and you sent me a message like I'm at the top and the rock is a hundred yards from me and I was like oh that's gonna be way close yeah like it looked way further away than a hundred looked yards. like a way bigger hillside <laughs> yeah. than a hundred yard yeah you're like I'm a hundred yards yeah oh jeez. so um, yeah, basically, probably should have been a little more patient. The wind was in my favor. I could have potentially just sat there and waited for it to stand up. Um, and I could see the one buck, and I couldn't see. There were actually two forkies and a three-point. Preferably, I was going to shoot Frank the three-point. Um, but his friends were also fair game if they stood mm-hmm. long enough for me to shoot them. Um, and... Uh, I, you know, looking back at things, and this is also why I wanted to do that, and I, I definitely, like, think all beginner hunters or beginner to archery hunters, like, don't be afraid to put a stock on a little forky. Like, oh, yeah. I was I was still, like, I've shot nice deer and stuff like that in my life, and I, I was more nervous about these three little dinky bucks coming around the corner than uh, I have been on an animal in a very mm-hmm. long time. Uh, like notching my arrow, all the things I was shaking and was like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta calm down here. But I ended up, um, thinking that he was bedded down basically broadside to me. And I was like, well, I think that I will be able to draw back. I was sitting on my butt on a rock. It was like, if I stand up, I'm going to be able to see its whole body draw back mm-hmm. and get a shot. And I pulled that move deer did not see me when I stood up full draw and there just happened to be a bush right there so all I had was head and neck shot and then that like quick 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 milliseconds that you're like shit now what do I do Mm -hmm. like do I let down do I sit down do I change angle do I you know do I you know just stand here and hope that it stands up or whatever before I could really even think anything about it uh he looked up and made eye contact with me and then then we had a little stare down for a while but I really did think I would ranged where the deer was and I had ranged rocks and trees beyond them in, a, in the path that I thought that they would 
run if I did spook him out of there mm -hmm. and knew that the next rock over was 30 yards. The tree across the way was, you know, 60. And so I knew any time, any way across there that I would be able to um, get a shot, really thinking that they're young, dumb bucks and they're probably going to do the mule deer to to jump, stop, look back type mm -hmm. of a thing, or at least stand up and stare at me a little bit. And uh, we made eye contact and I stood there full draw, just kind of waiting for him to do something. And uh, little buck was smart. He got mm -hmm. up and boot scooted out of there faster and like took all of his friends with him and they zipped. They did not stop and look back. I tried to grunt at him and they were out. So it was still fun. It was still really good practice, I think. And it's always good to look back and kind of be like, what could I have done better? You know? Yeah. Uh, looking back, there was a little cut in the rocks that I should have taken the time to kind of look into to see where they were body position wise, different things like that. And I actually think I could have taken a shot through that crack at the other two that were laying kind of back and up against mm -hmm. the the rocks, depending on where their body angle was at, too. So it's always good. Like practice your your. Uh, your technique, I guess, yeah, even if stocks. it's a small buck. Yeah, for sure. It was awesome because, like, I was across and I could see the the one buck anyway. I could see the buck and then I could see you in the same frame, like, coming in. I don't know. It was cool. It was awesome just to watch. Mm -hmm. I was nervous. I was, like, <laughs> all tuned up. Uh, who, gosh. Who, else, who else was with us on this hunting trip? Do was there? Edna. <laughs> yeah, there's a four-legged four, four creature. Yeah. yeah. So we have a uh, we have a golden retriever puppy. At the time, she was what three months. Yeah. Yeah. And um, a lot of people were like, "Just make her walk," but her growth plates are still open. Are and growing. It, they say that you shouldn't walk them too much when they're young because it's bad for yeah. their growth plates and it can really wear out their hips while their cartilage is so still kind of forming and their hips are, are forming and things like that. So yeah. we got a little more exercise. Yeah. We let her backpacks. go about a mile a day. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, she was in backpacks. Yeah. Just sleeping. Yeah. She did great. We, uh, after you stalked that buck, we, they blew out. Well, like, I'm pretty sure you can hear it on the video too. Like you were just getting really close to him and a bull bugled, like blow me. I'm like, well, I'm going to watch this play out and then probably go do that. So I went down and I just threw him, threw him in my pack. Went down off the glassing knob into the trees a little bit. And a uh, cow called a few times. Heard a bunch of sticks cracking and running and stuff. And I'm like, oh, God, they're right here. And there was a cow with, like, two calves, I think, came in. And, uh, I don't know, they went by me at, like, 30 yards, and she was just staring at him. <laughs> She's in my backpack just staring at him. Like, that is a big dog. Yeah. That's Holy jeez. <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty much the archery the weekend. The archery weekend didn't really go back. Um, we had a, your brother's wedding was that following weekend. So, I went into a different part of the unit the one of the evenings just to, like, look around and see. I didn't really see much for deer. Found some elk on the wrong side of where I could hunt. And uh, that pretty much rounded out our, our archery season. And we've talked about this too, but to be honest with you, like, my, I didn't have a lot of uh, enthusiasm for archery this year. For some reason, I think like that Alaska hunt took some of it out of me a little. Yeah, I think. I didn't have the drive during archery season. I was like, home is pretty awesome. Well, I, f I also feel like 
two two things. You go on a trip of a lifetime and you kill a banger ram and you're kind of like, you're high, right? And you get home and you're like, I've already succeeded this year. You know, like life's good type thing. Also, five out of the eight days laying in a tent <laughs> might suck the wind out of your sails for the rest of the season. It did a little. It did a little, mm-hmm. you know, but one thing I guess we didn't add on that archery hunt. So like on that Saturday night, we had gone back in. I don't think we could find those bucks. We didn't find your bucks again, mm-hmm. I don't think. But we're sitting up on our little glassing knob, glassing, last light. And I look up as we're packing up, and like 400 yards away on this little knoll, I was like, that's a buck for show. And um, yeah, it was a good looking buck with like a freaking three inch kicker that stuck straight out one side. And so we're like, Okay, well, should probably come back and look for him the next day. Oh, that must have been a Friday night that we found I think that it buck. The, it was the same night that because we I yep. had gone on that sock. Yeah, because we hunted him the next day. Mm-hmm. We went back in on that glassing point. Glass the next morning, didn't find him. Moved up to where we could see kind of the other side of the knoll that evening. Didn't find him. And then that was pretty much our archery. Yeah, hunting for that year um, or for this year, and then. But with Idaho, we could go back in with uh, rifles. So that opened October 10th, which was a Sunday this year, which was kind of shitty for you because you had to work on a Monday. So we it's only got better a day. than a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's true. Mondays. It's true. <laughs> Basically any day besides yeah. the weekend. <laughs> true. 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 So we went in uh, on Saturday, I guess. We mm-hmm. knew exactly where we wanted to be. We got to the trailer got everything ready to rock um got up to go out the next next morning had a catastrophic vehicle failure we had to oh, take yeah. care of in the morning oh, yeah, um these, these vehicles are killing us <laughs> this year. i know and uh so yeah we took care of that situation and then we went back um we got in there on saturday night and was able to glass and scout a little bit found where we wanted to be that next morning for sure which is a little bit different glassing spot high you can see the whole basin higher you can just see some more country you could see into where you had stocked those bucks really well and could see kind of all that so we uh we did that next morning got up there was some hunters around like there was definitely some i think we saw like four yeah five i think just in our little drainage mm-hmm. enough yeah enough for sure glassed and didn't really we found frank mm-hmm. frank the tank frank and his friends mm-hmm. frank and company but uh with a boomstick not that move. worth the pack no. out no a little more excited with uh with a bow to to go after that little guy but um mm-hmm. if a rifle is involved there's got to be some more inches on top of that head yeah for sure so did that didn't really see much the evening you were gonna um bounce out that evening we ended up staying overnight yeah we got done and, at, uh, uh, we're hunting like two two and a half hours from home and yeah. getting back to the trailer at like 9 30 or so just kind of whipped of all day kind of hiking activity and things and we we had gotten into the deer mm-hmm. um 
saw deer in the morning, lots of does, Frank and friends, another. Yeah. Uh, we had some that had snuck around the point that we were on below us, Jordan Heard. So we kind of went over. Meanwhile, our four-legged furry friend is still with us, just with an orange vest on this time. Yeah, the don't shoot me vest. Yeah, the don't shoot me vest. <laughs> and so... Um, hilariously trying to corral the dog and like make plans like okay if we see something like who's in charge of the dog who's shooting first who's you know different things like that and um saw a bull and some cows and you know different things like that but yeah we went around uh ended up sneaking in on these deer that had walked underneath us and it was a little two by three and and a couple does that edna was super stoked to yeah. She was like pointing, basically, <laughs> like there they are, mom. Uh, so it's good. It's always uh, if you have it, if you take a dog with you, definitely pay attention to their ears. Same thing with yeah. horses, mules, all that kind of stuff. I grew up hunting on horses and mules. My dad always taught me to pay attention to their ears because they're gonna hear an animal way more, way quicker yeah. than than you will. And so, yeah, we did that. We did. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of moved over to a different glassing spot, which was also a really good spot. Um, saw that two by three and does again where we they had must have bedded down and we mm-hmm. went and kind of when we were walking over to our other glassy knob bumped them up but not a lot of big buck action on opening day so i ended up i'm a morning person uh not a night person so i was tired when we got back out at like nine just crashed out there got up the next morning it was not supposed to start snowing until 7 a.m mm-hmm. and 4 a.m there was what two inches of snow already yeah. on the truck I was cussing Some a little nice bit because driving snow. in the, the snow is not ideal. But yeah. I took off for Boise uh, to go go back to work at 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. And Jordan stayed uh, stayed to frolic around in the snowsies. I did. So I was kind of expecting to, when, the, when everything kind of broke, well, when it got light enough, I should say, everything was like completely socked in in the high country. And I'm just like, well... With that weather coming in and that trail that we go on is a lot of like a lot of rocks pretty slick by myself if it's all socked in up there anyways i'm kind of like nah. i was in a little bit of a limbo like what do i do um i downloaded some movies on the ipad and was fully expecting to chill in the trailer and at least until it was supposed to break that afternoon and it did um but it was supposed to break so i was thinking well i'll just like let it snow, let it be foggy, whatever. As things warm up, maybe it'll burn off. Um, I'll just kind of chill in the morning and then I'll go out and try to hit it for the afternoon. And then we were talking uh, on the way, on your way back basically and just started talking about some different areas and like how where we had it originally scouted in the summertime, if that had snow on it, like things were gonna really pop. And I'm thinking, with this weather coming in and it's not really windy it's just snowing straight down like as soon as this breaks this afternoon this could be visibility is going to be visibility is going to be so prime like best time to glass from a distance a deer going to pop they're probably going to be moving because it's been freaking raining and snowing all half the night and all day and so that's what i did i just like I loaded up, I looked at Onyx, I did go like back into a new drainage that I had never been in before. Um, but I picked some spots on the map that had some of the features that we talked about earlier and I was, um, I think what I, a point that I wanted to get across on this episode too is I was very intentional with where I was going. It's not like, 
I was just wandering around. Wandering around, like Robbie would say, a lost child, <laughs> and just looking for, you know, just like randomly looking for deer in random places. Like, I knew where I wanted to go and what I wanted glass, and that's what I did. And I saw a pile of does. They were they were pretty active, but the the fog and stuff kept moving in and out. And finally, when I got around to where, like in the afternoon, I talked to you a little bit as it started to get, uh, the sun started to, it seemed like the sun was going to start coming out and things were going to clear off and things were going to start breaking. So then I was like, all right, now that it's going to get really good, do I go back and go up and try to find that buck that we had found and use that snow? Or... Do I go to where I glass the bucks this summer and try and look in there with the snow and see if something will pop? So Which was, they were a little more accessible. Yep. Yeah. It, it was definitely, yeah, definitely more accessible. So went in there, got, uh, got into the parking spot. There was like, there's one vehicle parked there. Um, and then there was like other people that were up and down the roads too. Um, so I just started up the trail, up the valley. Um, I needed to get up, gain some elevation so I could glass across the valley back to where I initially glassed the bucks. And I didn't get too far. I got a little ways up there. Um, and I literally brought my phone out to, you had shot me an inReach message and I was responding to you and I looked up and across the valley, I could see a buck in between two strips of timber and well, I saw it was a deer, but you know, when you just like see something, you're like, yeah, buck for sure. No, no doubt. So I got the spotter out, looked at him, got a side profile, good front forks, good back forks, uh, pop belly on him, kind of a little bit of a sway back. I was like, mature buck, good forks, here we go. And that was like, the storm had probably broke at like 3.30, and I found that buck at like 4, 4.30, right in there, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then he's like, I don't know how many feet that is, like, to go. So I went back down the valley, had to cross the whole valley, went back up the other side, climbed probably six, 700 feet, and... Um, got to where I was like on where I thought his level would be. Um, did you did you use Onyx at all to like mark his spot? Yeah, I tried. Yeah. I just like looked at it and was like, pretty sure that's where he's at. So I just marked yeah. a pin. I've done that before. Mm-hmm. Or you can like do a little so square. Good. You can mark an area. Have you ever done that? No. Yeah, you can mark a little area and like do a like square like zone. Like this is the zone they're in. And then when you're going over the other side, you can kind of like look at your elevation lines and be like, okay, that's the zone I marked him in where I think he was, was, Mm -hmm. you know, 7,200 to 7,600 vert. So then you can find, you know, when you're on that same, same ridge, you can get to that elevation and then just work your way across. Dang. On X. Tip of the week. <laughs> yep, that is our Onyx tip of the week. If you would like to purchase an Onyx Hunt membership, visit onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt, type in code ROCKCAST to check out and get 20% off. Wow, you're getting fast at that. Boom. You betcha. <laughs> Anyways. Efficiency. Back to big, big tines. Yeah, so I did drop a pin where I thought he was, but a lot of those little, like, folds in the hill 
look fingers, the same. If you will. Yeah, and they're like fingers for sure, but they are like more like folds. Like they're not big fingers. Yeah. I'd call them a fold. Like we can call them <laughs> folds if you want to call them folds. They're folds. Them folds. They're folds today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I marked that and was like, all right, pretty sure that's where it's at. And then you get on those hillsides and it's kind of flat. Once you get up there, you're like, holy shit. Like, the folds are smaller than yeah, fingers. Yeah, the folds, <laughs> they're smaller than fingers. You can't tell which fold you're on. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, so I got to where I was about on the same level as him. And I stopped and I was just, I was glassing a little bit on the way up, of course, trying to pick him up. And he was kind of in the tree line too, so it's like really broken, you're in the tree line. You're on the same plane as him too, so there's no, it's not like you're above him and gonna pop out over some rocks and he's gonna be very obvious there. Like, it's gonna take some looking and some picking apart. So, got to where I was, thought I was on the same line as him and then I was like, okay, do I go straight over to him or do I try to go up and get above him? You should go up and get above him. However, the thermals were starting to do some sketchy things. They're going to start falling. There was still some weather that was coming in and it was just making the wind a little goofy. So I thought the best thing to do would be just to stay on the same level as I thought he was he was on. How how was the snow? Was it soft and like silent snow or was it a little crunchy? Yeah. It was soft and silent. I think the next day it would have been crunchy as hell. Yeah. I mean, that's but, the prime time for getting in close, yeah. for sure. It was soft and silent for the most part. As I got closer, though, it was, like, it was a really wet snow. So, like, you know, you get that little bit of, like, a when you're walking. Mm -hmm. And when it's silent, like, that's loud, <laughs> it seems like. Yes. So, yeah, I ended up, I had to cross a couple of folds. Oh, anyways, back up. <laughs> I... <laughs> As I was working my way, thinking that I was on the same level as him, I glassed him. Feeded, or feeded, <laughs> I almost said bedded. <laughs> feeding, bedded, yeah. I mixed him. Okay. He was feeding still, and just in between two trees by himself, he was at 600 yards. I laid down, like, gonna at least get comfortable to where... If honestly, if he gave me a shot, I was gonna freaking shoot him yeah. from there because like we had shot that we shot that gun a lot. I've shot that gun a lot at that distance, whatever. There wasn't really much for wind. Like I felt really confident in it. Did not feel so confident that I was gonna get that much closer just because it was like it was freaking flat mm -hmm. and like wide open. Like it not a lot of coverage. No, I mean sagebrush is only like two or three feet tall. Yeah, it just was not, like, anyways, whatever. So he feeds back into the trees, can't see him, and I'm like, well, the only thing to do is, I guess, to walk at him. Well, in between these folds are these freaking rock valleys that are a lot slides. deeper. Sli yeah, they're slides. And so I'm trying to cross slides on rock that has snow over it. It was fun. The I think really where I lucked out with that is it hadn't froze yet, so it I still like could get through the snow into the into the dirt. It wasn't too slick. Anyways, so I made my way through two of those, 
And then I was getting close where I was like, man, I, there's nothing else to do besides try to get like to where you can see the best and just wait them out, I guess. Really using your glass too to like, yeah, I mean, I was slow and use your glass to try and find him. So you know exactly where he is. Yeah. I mean, I was walking like three steps in glassing Mm -hmm. and I was walking three steps in glassing. I would say that a lot of people get close and get antsy. And really just start to, like, kind of trudge trudge yeah. through and end up busting a buck up. And, yeah. And, you know, again, trying to rely on that, like, two-hop look-back type of a thing. Yeah. And that's how I grew up hunting mm-hmm. uh, with my dad and stuff. And I, as I have gotten older, I think the patience has gotten more set in on me. And I would definitely advise moving slow, glassing your way in. Yeah. And it just, gosh, and especially with that, that much that much tree cover that he had and it was a little bit of a weird deal so i got to where i'm i'm glassing to where i thought he was and i got to like 300 yards or 280 right in there and i just would hit a range on it and be ready for if he jumped up at that range um i think that's something did you dial to note that i to did that range i didn't because so i was shooting a 6.5 creedmoor with the cross rifle I'm running like 25, 50 or something like that. And so those loads aren't exactly hot. Like that's not really that fast. So I'm zero to a hundred. My drop at 300 is like two minutes. It's a little over two minutes, but so like dialing to that, I mean, going back to my sheep, like he was at 250 and I held to MOA that first shot, hit him good, kind of uh, panicked, and didn't hold for the second <laughs> shot, and I missed him. Yeah. I hit under him, so, like, that's how much that, that can that can get you. So, anyways, I just kind of had that in mind. Like, mm-hmm. all right, to MOA, if he jumps up, like, hold for it. And I'm, again, just moving in, and so I get to, like, that 280 mark, range it, go to glass again I get down on one knee and I'm glassing off my trekking pole and I pick up this thing that looks like a rock and it's just like a rock should be covered up with snow right now and it was his ass and he was bedded and I was like got you bro <laughs> like I felt very confident at that point if I could find him that close like I could wait I had some time I could wait him out he was bedded and the way it was is like there was this hill that I was on and I was kind of on the peak of it and then it went down and it went back up and he was bedded on a little bit above me and there was a bunch of pine tree branches and stuff in his way so like I did not have a shot I could just it took me a while too to convince myself that that was a deer because I didn't I ditched my spotting scope and all that stuff because I was gonna have to make this climb and uh, so I got down at one point looked through him with my scope confirmed it was a deer like followed his head up and it was his neck and his ears and you couldn't really see his antlers because they were in the trees but I knew it was a deer and it probably had to be him and so I just started crawling forwards hoping that I could get down off of my hill enough that we would be more level with each other and I could see through the trees enough to shoot so I'm crawling and keep my eye on him he gets up and walks into the trees and so I'm glassing him and he's just 
he's walking and I can't really tell if he's like alert or what's going on. At that point, I just assumed that he had like seen something, didn't like it. Old smart bucks. They're just smart and they'll just do that kind of stuff if they don't like something. So I'm like, oh, screwed that up probably. So then it's starting to get dark. I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna do this crawl a little faster, do it on my feet, bent over, and I'll just be like slow but deliberate and I'll just keep my eye out. So I would like make like a three-step shuffle forward, I would glass, couldn't see him, make a three-step shuffle forward. I did that probably two, three times um, and then he stood up. Or he didn't stand up. He was in the trees, and then he saw me, I think, and was like, what the hell? And went out into this little opening back in between the two trees about where he was bedded. So I just throw my backpack down. Actually, Leah's backpack, because I was borrowing it. Threw a backpack down, threw my rifle down, got on him, and he had a big-ass pine tree branch over his pretty much his whole body. I thought he was facing me for a while. Um... And so I figured I was at like the 250 mark, because that's probably how far I'd moved. Just kept it on him and started, and he was just looking at me, like not moving. And he would look at me, and then when I figured out that I don't think he could really see where I was probably okay, like he wasn't just going to completely bolt, was he kept like, he'd look up the hill a little ways, and he'd look back at me, and then he'd look down the hill a little ways, and look back at me. Like he'd seen movement, but he hadn't he quite seen exactly see where you were. Yeah, he couldn't yeah. see me, couldn't make out exactly where I was. So then by that time, I had like turned my scope up, was dialed on him, and could figure out that behind the pine branch he was broadside to me i just couldn't i did not have a shot i thought about shooting through the branch and i was like don't be dumb no 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 don't be dumb <laughs> don't <laughs> don't, don't rush do it. that <laughs> and behind him there was a lane in front of him there was a lane and i'm like unless he just turns and walks directly away from me like i'm gonna have a shot so i was just patient and was like i'll just wait him out i guess and he took one step forward and i could see his shoulder and kaboom and i looked up and i saw him run the opposite direction through a little opening but he like had a little bit of a rare going on you know and i was like he looks like a hit deer everything felt good and uh i'm like hmm i think i shot him and then i walked over there and and uh as I walked over, there was, like, this little sagebrush pocket with some trees around, like, a more more so than a pocket, or even less than a pocket, I guess. It was more like a little depression. Like, it wasn't really much. And there was freaking tracks in the snow all over the place beds. where that deer had been. Yeah. Beds. Yeah, I found multiple beds. Um, his that bedroom. was his home. Yeah. yeah, that was his home for sure. And I... Walked up, started finding these tracks, picked out the tree I thought he was laying beside earlier, walked up to it, found that bed, and then um, looked over and he was laying like 30 yards from where I shot him. And I walked up to him and I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> and then... <laughs> My name's Jordan Bud, and I shoot big bucks. <laughs> no. No. But a little bit of me, there was like... I didn't really get to hunt last year, mm -hmm. and then this year, 
you know, I thought I was doing really good finding those bucks in the summer. Thought I was all smart and had it figured out. And then we got our asses kicked in archery season trying to find any of them. And I was really doubting myself. When I walked up to him, I was like, still got it. (laughs) So then I, I tell you, I'm like, I got him. And you're like, hell yeah, should I start driving to help you pack out? And I was like, nope, I got it. I think I got it. Mm-hmm. And so Meanwhile, I, uh, she's got resources. Like, near nearby. town where we both have <laughs> friends. Mm-hmm. Close to my father who has lots of horses that need exercise. Mm-hmm. He even called a couple days later and was like, you tell Jordan I'm mad at her. That buck would have looked real nice on the back of my horse. Like, <laughs> I know. <laughs> meanwhile, Jordan decides she's a pack mule. And quarters her out. and puts the entire thing mm-hmm. in a Kafaru 44 mag. If anybody's wondering how you do it, I put my puffy jacket inside the bag with two front quarters in the back straps inside the bag. And then I put two rear quarters on the load shelf, flipped his antlers over, put them on top of the rear quarters on the load shelf, and then strapped her in. Elk in the back of that Strapped truck. her in. Yep, that was nice. Yeah, I see that's, that's oh nice yeah, there. oh yeah, good fist there. Mm-hmm. Getting, good sorry, fist. Got, got distracted by elk in the back of a truck. In uh, where are we, Lander? Nope. Some town We're in, in Wyoming. Mid, mid Wyoming somewhere. And um, that was it. Went back to the trailer. Had a uh, what the hell are those? Those things? are sandhill cranes, oh, and yeah. they are the size of white-tailed deer. <laughs> uh, had a celebratory white claw, because that's what I do nowadays. The iced tea version with lemon's very good. Connoisseur of white claws. Yeah. Back at the trailer. We're going to talk about the trailer a little bit. I forgot the propane bottle. Yep. We took him back to the house with us. I got him refilled, left him in the garage naturally. So we didn't, the only heat source we had was a little uh, electric space heater that runs off the generator. Mm-hmm. Got the old Jenny started. When I got back, it was 17 degrees at the trailer. And, uh, oh my gosh, actually the pack out first. Yeah. So it was all freaking, it was super steep hill. And I had to take it back down to the bottom, bottom of the valley and it was like snowy and super slick. And probably the worst part of it was it was like just at that temperature and like consistency of the snow that it was like building up on my trekking pole handles so it was just all sticky and whatever snowball snow it was definitely snowball snow yeah at one point i had slipped and was just kind of hanging out taking a break i rolled over stuck my trekking poles into the ground one of them sunk a long ways into the ground and i'm like oh great so I'm like on my knees trying to pull the trekking pole out of the ground. And when it came, it finally came out all at once. And then I had a lot of momentum going backwards. And then Downhill. I was like a turtle. Yeah. And I was like, God dang it. And I was stuck for a little while. Full, full flip over upside yeah. down. It was great. Yeah. It was fantastic. But it was real nice the next morning not having to be like, all right, got to go all the way back up there and get another load and do that again. But not recommended. That's no. Very dumb. When she got back me. from Alaska from that 100 pound pack out, she mm-hmm. said, That was stupid. I shouldn't do that again. And approximately a month and a half later, <laughs> she probably put more mm-hmm. weight on her back and did it again. And I'm going to tell you, it was stupid and you should never do it. Yeah. It wasn't until I got to the bottom. Well, when I talked to you, you're like, You're so stupid. You've, <laughs> well, you've got the. 
you're gonna bust a knee and I was like I didn't really think about that I would never call you I would never say you're so stupid no. but I would say please stop doing things that are gonna hurt yourself and yeah. damage your future careers honestly don't do that that was that sucked big time um and I think that that's something to like note is he was bone in so obviously if I would have boned him out it would have been not as heavy but I've done a full bone dot deer by myself and it was also still very heavy um but that was a smaller buck but think about that when you like go backpack in however far you can say three oh it's only three miles yeah well it's still three freaking miles like that's a long ways to carry something like that mm-hmm well, and, and to be bottom. fair, you were straight uphill. One load. Yeah, so I decided to do one trip because it was less than three. I definitely wouldn't have done that. Um, or if it was uphill. Yeah. That much. But you Anyways. had dropped a bunch of weight out of your pack when you had yeah. crossed back across the valley. Mm-hmm. Like, went back to the truck, dropped a bunch of weight, took the essentials, basically. Mm-hmm. And so that afforded you the poundage that you probably saved you know that was like a front quarter probably of pound that you took out yeah yeah like i don't know 20 pounds of crap in your back it was i mean yeah spotting scope tripod camera yeah i ditched the camera sorry it was kind of out of battery yeah i was like i ain't carrying this damn thing so anyways and that's the story of my 2021 (laughs) long story (laughs) long story long yeah long story long long um, Let's and it was fun and it was cool and that's all. Yeah. Now there's going to be a European mounted buckaroo. Yeah. It's going to be great. Um, it's going to be great. Let's talk about the trailer. Yeah. Do you want to talk about or, gear Or do you too? want to talk about gear first? Um, let's talk a little bit about gear. We can okay. just give a run through of what we're using. Archery season, of course, had the bow. Um, when we went in for archery that first time we backpacked, there, um, since there are two of us, <clears throat> I got a, got us a Hilleberg, um, Neon. Oh, it's an Onion. Yeah, I do have a Neac. That's the one I took to Alaska. Mm. You can fit two people in it, but the vestibule is really small. And with the puppy and like all of our stuff, I thought it'd be nice to have a big vestibule. So I got a Hilleberg Onion GT. It's the Onion 2 GT. Good tent. I like it. The vestibule is really nice. We could cook it, sit inside of it, basically, and cook in it, which was nice. Um, yeah. Anything about that thing you don't like? No. No, it? I think it's a good little tent. It's uh, very, seems very sturdy. Mm-hmm. Seems warm. Like it when we did cook, it heated heated the place up mm-hmm. and and kept that heat in there. So that was yeah. nice. Yep, that was nice. And then we uh, have been going back and forth on like. Uh, sleeping bags, pads, things like that, trying to figure out the best way to do it. We ended up getting a, it's a mountain hardware, they don't even make it anymore, a two-person sleeping bag. Um, and we've been using that in the trailer, but we, like, it's backpackable, so we took it with us. The problem is it's like the size of a queen-size bed. Yeah. So it's, there's a lot of uh, air inside that bag that does not get, used or whatever you know, it's there's a lot super of comfy air. for summer i think mm-hmm. that we'll probably still use it in the summer but when it gets cold i think yeah. we were both like kind of i don't know folding it up and trying to get yeah. the air away from our shoulders because there was just a lot of space 
and just like excess bag that you don't really need to carry mm -hmm. up there. So. Yeah, so I don't think we're gonna do that anymore. We switched that up a little bit. Um, for the sleeping pads, you were using that uh, X-Pet Sinmat 7, and that's a good comfortable pad. It's a little heavy, but good comfy pad. And then I was using the Big Agnes Q-Core SLX, which I recently sold just to get one that was up in R value a little bit, even though it's more heavy. I just got the Q-Core Deluxe. Get you up to like a four or five, I mm -hmm. think, on the R value. Um, and then we did recently, we haven't used it yet, we did get a double climate um, sleeping pad. Mm -hmm. So we haven't got to use it yet, like I said, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. And uh, then I think we made a real power move on the sleeping bag situation for future stuff. Um, I have a, shoot, what are those called? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Western, Western Mountaineering. Mountaineering. Um, I have a Western Mountaineering Badger bag. It is a, it's a 15 degree bag, but I'm pretty sure I bought it used. I'm pretty sure the guy said he had him overfill it. So it's probably more like a five degree bag now. Um, and those are just a super high quality down uh, backpacking sleeping bag, like badass bag. If you want to go down, I think that that's those, that brand is definitely the way to go. Um, we got you an antelope version of that, and we got him an opposite zipper, so my badger is a left-hand zip. We got your bag in a right-hand zip, and you can zip them together. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's going to be really nice for, like, one of those situations during archery season. I was going in the day before, <clears throat> like a night before, and then I was meeting up with you, um, a day after that or two nights after that or whatever it was. And I think that that's just going to be the way that our hunts are going to work out. Well, yeah, because she can always leave a little bit earlier than me and I can mm -hmm. come up for the weekend and stuff. And so on that trip, it kind of sucked because she had her single bag and then came out, met me at the trailhead, got some more water, but then switched out to the um, d the double bag. Mm -hmm. And the nice thing about this is we're each going to be able to just go in with our single bags if we're hunting solo or if we need to split up, you can just take your own bag. Um, yep. and then if, if we're together, then we can zip it together. And so there aren't a lot of options out there for couples. And I know that a no. lot of couples just sleep separate, but That's I, <laughs> I get cold and Jordan is a freaking furnace. And mm -hmm. the, the trade-off for her putting this ring on my finger is that she has to keep my toes warm. <laughs> and so we had to get a bag to make that possible. And, yeah. and this seemed to be the, the way to go. And there really isn't a lot of options out there for bags that zip together that are good quality you know, backpacking, hunting no. bags. There's there's some that are like summer bags that you can put together, but. Yeah, and then like base camp bags, mm -hmm. you know, just like those regular rectangular bags. It seems like people are flipping those. Well, just like we did, we just did mm -hmm. um, in your parents' camper. Yeah. But like, that's your option. And Heavy canvas, big, big giant yeah. square bags. Which, I mean, if you're in, in the trailer, like, hell yeah, yeah. get yourself a queen size bed going and get some comfort level mm -hmm. uh level up if you will yeah Doo -doo -doo -doo. Mm -hmm. um for sure but for backpacking i mean it's basically you got your big agnes i don't remember what they call it like a dream season or some shit um <laughs> <laughs> your parents got it i think yeah my parents did get it do they like it um i i think they've used it once um my 
my parents uh, got themselves side by side and they've got some buddies that go out and they'll do like weekend trips and just throw a tent and sleep bags and stuff like that in it. So they were jumping into the realm of that world of going out and not come, not having a camper to go back to all the time. Uh, and so I think they did one trip this summer and they had a, a double pad and that bag. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it, you know, midsummer, I think that they were fine. Um, yeah. I, do worry that they're going to get a little chilled if they were trying to go hunting and like in their side by side and yeah and uh pop out and hunt and that i my mom is a very cold human yeah like the pad that they got for it is the big agnes it's one of the double pads it's not the slx it's like the r value is like five like it's a good winter pad but the issue that i've like always had with those big agnes bags is they have they have this uh, philosophy going a lot of the same philosophy as all the quilt goers have when you are laying in your sleeping bag you are compressing the insulation that is underneath of you so therefore you are basically relying on your pad to give you that insulation anyways so they're like you know how we lighten up bags we just take all the insulation out of the bottom of them and that's a lot of the same philosophy that goes into the quilts because the quilts technically don't really have a back on them until you get down to like your legs. Um, to me, that's okay for like summertime, things like that. Uh, I think I almost freaking froze to death, just actually right up here, not too far, um, in October on an elk hunt with that system. I had a really good sleeping pad that probably saved my ass, but I had a 15 degree down bag from Big Agnes. And it was just freaking cold. And I don't, I don't love that philosophy of nothing underneath of you for the late season because even if it's compressed, if I'm laying on my side, there's a lot of sleeping bag insulation underneath me that is still puffed up that's around my shoulders and, like, all of that. So that's my philosophy on that so don't do it late season. Just don't do it. My advice, buy two Western Mountaineering bags and, and zip them together. There you go. I think that we, I think we nailed it. You know, even if you got a hunting buddy, you know, or if you're like comfortable, mm-hmm. it's like without a paddle type of a situation, just like spooning is okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Leah. <laughs> okay. You tell that to a couple of guys. I, I think I just see like these like two burly dudes being like, man, it was a little chilly last night. Don't you think? <laughs> Holy shit. (laughs) That's interesting. I'm sure those guys are shaking their head right now. Did you ever watch Without a Paddle? Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, it's funny. Mm -hmm. I'm just joking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, man. What other gear? Pax, Mm -hmm. I got you in a Kafaru this year. Yep. And you love it. I do. I do enjoy. Yeah. Good pack. You went with 44 mag with Mm -hmm. a Sherman pocket attached on the back. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was running that. Like you you had a bigger bag because I encouraged you to put Edna in there <laughs> often. Yeah, so I had the uh, fulcrum. I'm just preparing you for these large pack outs that you like to do. I thank goodness, because <laughs> I had to do a couple of them. Um, but yeah, I was using the fulcrum. I freaking, I absolutely love that bag. Um, it is a little strappy. It gets kind of strappy, but... Uh, I do like that bag. So, so when I left and went home to work, I took Edna with me, so she mm-hmm. no longer needed 
a big bag. So she's like, I've been kind of eyeballing your bag. I want to try it out. Mm -hmm. So that's and now it's covered in blood. Yep, it is broken in. And uh, yeah, so gosh, those are packs. What else? Mm -hmm. What else was like real, real noteworthy? Um, you were shooting the cross. Yep. So I was shooting the six-hour cross. Got a lot of questions on that. How it shot. Um, this will be my second season shooting that rifle. It's been great for me. Um, I shot my sheep in Alaska with it. I've shot quite a few coyotes with it, and then this deer. And then I've watched. I watched Nash shoot a goat with it last year. Um, Daniel shot his goat and uh, sheep. When he was he was with us in Alaska, he shot a sheep about the same time I did. He shot that. Uh, they came out to my house last year in Nebraska. We shot whitetail with them. What do you, they're accurate? Do you, they're nice. Are most of those guys shooting the six five? I know it comes in a three oh eight. Where did anyone bump up to the three oh eight for uh, whitetail deer or? Most everybody was shooting a six five. I think. Yeah. I think okay. Nash might have been shooting a three oh eight, but mm -hmm. uh, but. Yeah, they were, I don't know, like that 6.5 round's good. The the ammunition that SIG sells, the uh, the Hunter Elites in 6.5 Creedmoor, um, the ones I was shooting were 140 grain Acubons, and they're, like, stupid accurate. It's, like, a little slow. Like, they're it's not a hot round, but uh, it was, they're damn accurate. So that's what I was shooting. Good performance out of the Acubons, I thought, with that deer. Mm -hmm. We did good with that. Um, gosh, other... Bipod? Yeah, so we were using... I actually ended up shooting the Atlas mm -hmm. on my 6.5 for this season. Um, but before this, and then you were using the Spartan Precision, just yeah. that ProTac. Actually upgraded to actually using a bipod. I grew up all of my youth and adult life with just not mm -hmm. having a bipod. And I got to say, upgrades are nice. The bipod is, like, I don't know, there was, before I went to Alaska, there was quite a few people that were like, don't carry the weight of the bipod, ditch it, even if it's a Spartan. Like, you don't need a, if you can shoot with a with a bipod, you can, sh you can put your backpack in front of you and shoot with it on. Mm -hmm. And I'm just here to tell you that, like, that is not how situations have gone for me this year, shooting over a backpack. Like, if I didn't have that bipod, just in general, a bipod... For my sheep hunt, that would have sucked. That would have, I would not have been as confident in that shot. And same thing with this deer. Like, I wouldn't have been able to get above the sagebrush mm -hmm. enough with the backpack to Because you were backpack and above. then bipod on top of the backpack. Yeah. Yeah. I was, like, doubling up. So, like, mm -hmm. doable, yeah. Would it have been as, as steady trying to put my elbows over the backpack trying to shoot like that? Or sitting down resting on a backpack? Absolutely not. Yeah, and personal preference. Yeah, yeah um, I suppose. And but yeah, I mean, it's definitely more solid. I gr definitely grew up with, you know, backpack or the the old um, hunter's ed sit on your butt, elbows <laughs> on the knees, mm -hmm. stabilization type of a shot, which I've shot lots of things. Yeah, uh, doing that and or just like finding the nearest tree and you know bracing against it mm -hmm. or on a branch or or something like that. So. Uh, I'm a little excited to shoot something uh, yeah. with a nice and steady rest. I feel a little spoiled, if you will, to actually <laughs> uh, use proper equipment. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. 
that's, that's going to be nice. Yeah. I'm glad you like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's been nice. I used that ProTac when I was in, in Alaska, and it was great. And I used the Atlas just on this last year. And, like, the Atlas is a little more um, heavy. I wouldn't say it's, like, as fast to get on, if that makes any sense. Um, you know, they it's more adjustable, but with that comes a little bit extra time mm-hmm. to get your adjustments on. Um, and is, is that is great, mounted on the rifle at all times? Yeah, so mine has the Picatinny rail mount, so I have a pick mount, or a pick rail, just a short one, um, that I mounted with M-locks on the front of that, uh, that, on the forearm of my rifle. Mm-hmm. And um, then it, I can, it has like a quick detach, so I can take it on and off easy, but not like as fast as yours. Yeah. Well, and like profile wise, it's a, a little bit bigger. And yeah. for people like myself that are still probably going to do some horse hunting in a scabbard, that type of stuff, it, you know, it could, if you don't have a huge scabbard, you know, I'm using this, the scabbard my grandpa used. Yeah. Old, nice little leather scabbard. And those old scabbards are not built for a giant scope with turrets mm-hmm. and or uh, bipods. And so it's kind of nice with the Spartan. It's not super big. Uh, yeah. And so it'll it'll still go in my gun scabbard on my horse. Yeah. The mount itself is just like low profile, nothing to it. And then you can just throw the bipod in your cargo pocket yep. on your pants and then you're like ready to rock and roll. Big fan. Big fan of that. Um, gosh, what else did we use that was real noteworthy? I think people have heard me talk about backpacking gear like a whole bunch, but they haven't heard us talk about the trailer. So, I don't even know where this idea came from. Do you? I think, well, I was getting ready to move to Idaho. I was going to say, we were one. we were discussing you moving and how you were going to do so. Renting a U-Haul, blah, blah, blah. And you were like, you know, I want to bring my side-by-side. And I need a trailer to do so. And, um... I didn't have one. Yeah. And so you start looking at like open top steel trailers, just like a basic side-by-side trailer. And then you start looking at like an enclosed trailer. And for some reason we had just talked about an enclosed trailer one day. Mm -hmm. Um, And then got on YouTube and there's a bunch of people that are converting them to Well, and I had camper trailers. My parents have one for their side-by-side. And so many camping trips I've shown up to go camping with them and instead of putting up my tent they're like just stay in the trailer mm-hmm. and i'll just like throw throw up a blow mattress in the trailer and you know nothing very like glamorous about that but it's pretty handy and i can remember there was a time that it was really windy um and all my like nieces and nephews and stuff are all out in tents and here i am the adult in the nice little trailer and they're like they had poles break and different things like that and like sleeping in a windy tent is like whipping and loud mm-hmm. and all the things and it was like nice and quiet and pretty warm in that trailer and so yeah. it's like, kind of nice yeah and where i was like where i knew just like a hard-sided anything was going to be really nice is like i put a topper on my pickup last year and it was like a $500 topper. It doesn't even really fit my vehicle because it's for a Dodge. Um, but it was 500 bucks and it's a fiberglass topper. Like the side windows open, put a, uh, ended up putting a decked drawer system in it last year. And I slept on top of that. Like coming to see you, I would drive like part in way. the afternoon, drive part yeah. way, pull over in a pull out and sleep in the back. And then I would drive the rest of the way the next morning. Keeps um, your gear nice and dry. Yeah. You clean. just, 
You do just sleep better, and then you don't have to set up a tent. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm just over the freaking tent life. If it's next to a vehicle. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, if um, you're going to be next to a vehicle, you might as well be in comfort. Oh, hell yeah. So that's where I was like, yeah. Being able to spread all your stuff out and whatnot. And then I think I jumped on YouTube and She found... went to a YouTube hole. Oh, yeah, it was hole. great. Anytime, if I would talk to you, I'd be like, what'd you do today? Ooh, I uh, was looking at this electrical I thing kn- on YouTube. I know I what we're going to do at, for the electrical yeah. now. Now I'm going to mm-hmm. do this. I think we're going to do this for a cabinet. I think we're going to do this or that. And I, it was just to sit back and watch the mayhem slash magic yeah. of Jordan's mind on this this build. <laughs> I was really into it. Yeah. Yeah, still am. Still am. I'm reaching the end, though. I'm kind of tired of it. Um, but we're pretty damn close to being done with it. So... That's pretty much where the idea came from. So I started researching trailers and stuff like that. And what we wanted to do with it was have it um, work as like a camper hunting trailer, but it also needed to be a utility trailer. So it couldn't, in my mind, it couldn't be full of a lot of shit that was permanent. Like some uh, guys that are converting these trailers, they're making, like building full, like full on showers kitchens and kitchens that you can't permanent on the wall like yeah that it's like structures you might as well just buy a camper at that point if you can't pull your side by side in the back of it like Mm -hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me so that's one thing that we had to do so one critical component that thank goodness i looked into i almost bought a trailer like right away um we were looking at the town, well, in Shadron, Circle J, they carry Doolittle trailers that are built in Missouri. And they look like nice trailers. I don't really know anything about freaking enclosed trailers at this point. Still really don't. But um, started looking at them. They had a 14-foot. We were deciding between a 14 and a 16. Um, I think it was really the initial price of the of them that got me thinking like 14 was going to be was going to be okay and we didn't want it like too long that we couldn't get it back into some places and also currently we're pulling them with half tons um so i didn't want to i didn't want to get too crazy i guess but i thought the 14 would be like long enough throw side by side in the back and we could do what we wanted to do with it and still be kind of okay in my price range, I guess, for, for what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, the width was the key part. So it was the height. Oh, okay. the height was the, the height was the kicker. So on a standard trailer, um, I'll almost have to think about this now, but on a standard height of a side-by-side, the top of the roll bar is like 74 inches, 76 inches, like right in there. I measured a bunch of them. The standard door height of a trailer is like 70 inches, 72 inches. So it was literally by like two inches we weren't going to make it. And so then I'm like, what do you do? So I talked to some people, looked around on YouTube. Some people that have the issue just let the tires out of their side by side every time they pull it in. Um, Some people have cut the roll bar down a couple inches and... At first, I thought that maybe that was a good idea because I wanted a trailer. And the more we, th- well, I mentioned it to Leah and she's like, you're freaking nuts. Like, like we're not going to want to buy a new side-by-side and have to cut the freaking roll bar off. Or can you imagine 
taking the air out of your dang <laughs> tires every time you want to load oh. it and then it having air them up every time and like one time your pump goes to shit and yeah. you are screwed you have flat tires and you can no longer yeah. do the things you want to do so i then learned that you have to order a special extra tall version to do this so i talked to the guys and they had actually had one on order and they shot me the price and so it was like a couple weeks and got it in went paid for it um lost it about 40 <laughs> miles i was wondering if that was gonna come into this yeah about 40 miles down the road that little bitch popped off the the moral of the story yeah. is trust no one absolutely and trust always nobody. double check your own trailer situation um, yeah. Jordan went in and she had forgotten to put a ball on when she left the ranch, which I don't know about you guys, but we've got like a farm load of, of balls. <laughs> but because we forget to put them on before we go do anything, she was like, shit, I'm going to have to go buy another one. So she went in and was like, hey, man, what size ball do I need? And they say a two inch. So she goes and buys a two inch ball, puts it in the and back I of the truck. And I thought two inch is kind of small for that yeah i thought it was small for but an enclosed the trailer but selling you the trailer says whatever two inch, so i'm gonna trust him buys that backs yep. it up near the trailer but does not hook it up mm -hmm. and then goes inside to sign the paperwork whilst inside signing paperwork the employees of the place go and hook up her trailer and so when she leaves she eyeballs the, the hookup chains are on Everything's plugged in, Looks lights good. are working, takes off driving. Then what happened? Yeah. I uh, got to Rushville, went south on Highway 250. There's a bridge that crosses Rush Creek with a little bit of a lip on the end of it. And I went across that thing and looked in my rearview mirror, and the trailer is like freaking whipping behind me. Had bounced off. Came off the hitch, yeah. Came off the ball. Little. I about peed my pants and I didn't want to like slam on the brakes because I knew it was going to come like slamming into me or I thought it would anyway. So I just slowed down slow, was parked in the middle of the highway with this freaking trailer tongue sitting on the ground. I didn't know exactly what to do with. I could lift it up high enough to get it on the ball, but it kept rolling backwards on me. Mm -hmm. So called a buddy. And his dad was going to come help me put it back on. He lived just down the road. And then we had another neighbor came along and helped me put it on. But Thanks, man. Man, that could have been bad. Oh, boy. So bad. And yeah. so uh, just Jesus noted that most big trailers, double axles, are going to be in two and five sixteenths ball. Two and five sixteenths. Don't trust yeah. anybody. Go and look at the top of that hitch and make sure mm -hmm. what it says is what you've got on. Um, I had a situation like that when I yeah. was a kid, teenager, where somebody had borrowed a ball um, from my stepbrother. And when they brought it back, the jackass just had the pin through the, the hitch and just pushed it into the receiver mm -hmm. up to where the pin was, but didn't take the pin out, push it in properly and put the pin back through it. Oh, they had yeah. just randomly set it in there. And so we had a little three-place dirt bike trailer, and we were headed up camping, me and my brothers, and my stepbrother just didn't really pay attention and threw the trailer on there, and we made it 20 miles from home, and that sucker had wiggled its way out, and the next thing you know, we've got a whipping dirt bike trailer just hauling butt behind us, and mm -hmm. thankfully didn't 
wreck us, didn't whip and, and fly any of the dirt bikes off of there, but mm-hmm. we stopped and then they went back there to pick it up and the it had been sparking the on the ground for so much. It was super hot. Yeah, the receiver is yeah. fully on the mm-hmm. trailer and uh, went to pick it up. My stepbrother like burnt his hands, like blistered his hands because it was so hot from being dragged down the road and everything. So the more, <laughs> just double check your crap. It's, oh man. Yeah. You, you don't think, you don't think it happens that often, but it happens enough that it, that you should really. Yeah, it does. I know Robbie's probably going to listen to this and I know Travis is going to listen to this. Um, they both have good stories on it. Robbie's, I think his camper passed, uh, passed him on the road and he was like, Hey honey, look, that guy does a camper just like we do. No <laughs> like, way. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's Did it fantastic. Like like- <laughs> I think it went in the ditch. I think it was kind of a situation, but he's laughing about it oh, now, man. so it couldn't have been too bad. Yeah. <laughs> That's rough. Damn, what a deal. Scary. Yeah. So, uh, trailer safety, folks. Trailer <laughs> safety. PSA. Seriously. <laughs> so, anyways, that caused a little bit of a deal. It wasn't too bad. The tongue went underneath my pickup, the receiver hitch, and my pickup punched a hole through the diamond plated rock guard on the front of it. So, I took it back and told them what had happened, and they seemed pretty shocked and pretty apologetic, and they fixed it for us. Anyway, so we got it back, and then I'm like, all right, what are we going to do with this thing? And, of course, the first thing is, you know, go through and put electrical in it. Um, the first thing you do when you have it bare bones, you better put some insulation in it. So we got that pink one-inch uh, foam insulation. It's got an R value of like 5.6 or something like that or 6.3, I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, so I took all the wood panels off, um, put that insulation throughout the whole thing and then did you do most of your electrical first before the insulation or after i think i did it after because i didn't want it underneath the insulation okay i wanted it on top of the insulation in between the insulation and the boards so it's easy to get to the wall boards yep yep so it was a little bit easier to get to so did the walls first we actually didn't do the ceiling until just lately um (laughs) yeah that was another pain in the ass um well we decided, I don't know who decided, that we wanted to do, like, tin roofing on the roof. That was the, me. That was Jordan. She was, <laughs> I don't know why, but it sounded cool. I was like, yeah, that's going to be cool. Like, it's going to, like, be, like, kind of gray and reflective, mm-hmm. and it's going to look, look a little industrial. It is whatever. Cool. And both of us used to working with wood. Uh, working with metal is another uh, monkey, if you will, and yeah. seems like it's just it's not forgiving. Um, very sharp. Uh, you know, we were using tin, tin snips, tin snips for most ass. of that, but you know, it's hard to get your angles right. So then you got these little pokies out that are trying to stab you the whole time. And then if you use a side grinder, then it gets hot as shit. And I like. I don't know, because we're yeah. idiots. I grabbed. I had gloves on, but I grabbed a piece to kind of adjust it after I had um, been grinding on it, and it burnt a hole through my glove and then burnt my finger. Mm-hmm. Uh, metal in the eye, even though I was wearing eye protection. It was it was a bit of a shit show, and some grumblings were happening by the time we got done. I was it's pissed. Like, it's like you know we're, we're <laughs> strong, tall women, thank God. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, you know, we're one of us is holding up this like three by twelve foot sheet that we've trimmed and everything, and the other person is frantically trying to drill and fill holes to to get hold it up as quickly as possible. And yeah, um, and we're trying to like. I don't know if anybody's ever worked with, like, a trailer. I'm sure a camper's the same way. Um, 
there's not a single portion on that thing that's square. No. So you're like, it's catching everywhere. It's not square. Your measurements aren't lining up exactly where they should be. Um, yeah, like with, yeah. The, with doing the front of the trailer, we really had mathed it's it out. It's a Vino's. Uh, yeah, it's a Vino's. I, I mean, I went full nerd on it and was like, <laughs> drew a, a figure of what we needed and yeah. like had all the measurements and was calculating and all of these like things of what we needed to do to make this angle right. And it fits solid in the front, solid in the back. Did not calculate in the fact that it probably bows out. And so yep. I cut a straight line in between the front and the back and the, the direction and the angle that I needed to do it in. And it's beautiful cut, but it does not match the trailer because it mm -mm. bows out right there. So then it's like, oh, shit, that's a two-inch gap that yeah. we're going to have to figure out how to, what to do with. And so. so there's going to be some trimming happening. Yeah. I had a pretty critical, uh, critical measurement error, we can say, around the roof vent. <laughs> and so now... One side needs way more trim than the other <laughs> side, so that's gonna be fun. Um, Just add more trim is our is the moral yeah, of this story, seriously. and like, what, like we oh. are not <laughs> contractors by any means. Hell you know, my, no. my stepdad is a superintendent and has been a contractor building houses and stuff his entire life, and we would just like kind of laugh and tell him these stories, and he's like, "Well, you gotta do this, you gotta do that," and I'm like, "That's obviously your pay grade style of." Yes. shit i should have just grabbed some cardboard and made sure that that fit before we cut the metal you know like, yeah it, i mean it looks fine it's, as it, it is and, it and, does and what job. we're using it for yeah like yeah my philosophy on the trailer after i started doing it a little bit was like i want to get it functional and i want it to where if something goes wrong i know where it's coming from or i know how to fix it i know where to start um so, like, the electrical was, that was the first big thing I did, I think, mm -hmm. was probably the electrical, um, getting that all in. And what we decided to do is, um, I guess even a step beyond that was, in the V-nose, uh, we do have, like, a side door in the front. So, you walk in, and then you've got your V-nose portion. Well, that's kind of wasted space a little bit. Perfect place to put a countertop. So the whole V nose is a countertop about waist high or so, which is really nice. We cook on it, put a bunch of stuff on it, it seems like, and whatnot. So on the front of that, on the front of that counter, and honestly, a lot of this I did with two by fours, attaching to the wall with pieces of E-Track and two by four quick adapters. And so it's like, pretty easy honestly just with a couple of screws taking the actual countertop off i can take that whole front counter frame off in about five minutes i bet mm -hmm. so if we needed to strip it down and we needed to get something in the front of that like if we were moving or whatever like we could pretty easily um so we did that on that two by four right as you come in the door i put a switch panel that I basically just got off most of the stuff I got off of Amazon. And another thing to, to note here too with what we're doing is like the whole reason we bought this trailer instead of a toy hauler is because we wanted to do it as cheap as we could. I did anyways. And small because there's no yeah. toy hauler that's a 14 foot trailer. Yeah, like, true. They're all massive and you're not going to get them into 
some of these trailheads that we want to mm -hmm. go to or these places that we want to be able to pull it. And yeah. we don't have diesel pickups. And so yeah. uh, small, handy trailer. Mm -hmm. Yep. So that's kind of the lens that, that we were looking through when we were doing this. So got that thing off Amazon. It has a couple of USB plugs in it, has a regular like car 12 volt, like cigarette plug type thing in it. And then it has a switch panel. So I guess starting from like big to small, one of the biggest things you need to come up with was what battery we were going to use for this because we needed to have it be kind of a standalone system um, that we didn't have to have a generator running for. So uh, best thing to do with that and what we mostly needed to do with it was charge our phones, charge cameras. Pretty much all that can be done off a 12 volt, run a radio, that's run off a 12 volt um, system so just needed to do a battery. So there's the battery I ended up going with was an interstate uh, deep cycle 110 amp hour um, yeah, deep cycle lead acid battery. They have lithium batteries now, you know, a 110 amp hour lithium battery is going to run you about a thousand bucks for a good one. They're going to be a hell of a lot lighter. They're going to be like at least half the weight of a lead acid. Um, but these deep cycle lead acid batteries are sealed so you don't have to worry about them like bubbling over and like getting a lot of freaking whatever around. It's, it's an RV battery is what it is. Um, I got a 12 volt and we only got one. So that's the battery that we're running off of. And there's like so many rabbit holes to go, go down. I'm not even gonna like go down the pros and cons of like lead acid versus lithium because it just goes forever. And I don't fully understand it anyways. So you don't want to be taking advice from me. Um, but the cliff notes are like that lead acid is, it's a lot cheaper. It's a hell of a lot heavier. That's like a 60 pound battery, I think. Um, but that 110 amp hour has been doing really good for what so far for what we wanted to do yeah we haven't gotten yeah. close to running out of battery and we, you mm -hmm. you put a plug in on the outside so we can charge yep. it at home a charging plug-in yeah so from the battery um i go to something that's basically um it's a battery like shows you how much percentage you have left i got that from amazon as well it's like 45 bucks it's the cheap knockoff version of a Victron and there's basically a shunt that tells you how much battery you're pulling from it and gives you a battery percentage type of situation <clears throat> so then from there it runs to uh, a standard just a 12 volt fuse box so on that fuse block um, I have like the different circuits for what we've got so we have uh, the main lights that we use are LED strip lights. They're just like a little thin strip. It's an LED light. Uh, there's two of them. They run on either side of the trailer um, up high. And they are very bright. And they are bright as hell. It, <laughs> yeah. it is like high noon in there when those things are on. Yeah. It's great. I've, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I've toyed around with the idea of putting a dimmer on them. Nah. So we, no? Okay. Nah. Full no, send. No dimmers, full send, bright as shit. It's really nice though. Um, so we've, I've got that on one circuit. Um, and then back by where we were going to put the bed, I knew that we were going to want to put some kind of like a charger back there to charge our phones. Um, so I put a dual USB plug right back. So it's right beside the bed. 
Edna's has a has a is in the back seat right now with her toy pig. <laughs> so Did you hear any oinking? Any oinking? That's <laughs> just, where it's from. <laughs> she's awake oh, and playing with goofy. the pig. Uh, so we've got that. Gosh, what else? Uh, we have an outside light. Um, mm-hmm. I ran just it's just a an RV 12 volt light mounts on the outside. Ran that in, and that's on its own switch on the switch panel as well. Um, you have a hard on and off switch. As yeah, well. so that's another thing. So from the fuse block, let's see. I'm trying to think how I did that. Um, I think it's right in between the battery and the and the fuse block. I do have just a simple on-off main. It's basically a main is Power what switch. it is. Yeah. I could have put a breaker on there. That's another good way to do it. That's probably a a good safe way to do it too. You can put a breaker that just, you know, you can flip on and off and put like a, I don't know, a hundred amp breaker, 80 amp breaker, something like that. All that stuff, you're just going to have to figure out how much stuff you might have on in the trailer at one time and then get a breaker that's closest to that level. But a breaker that you could switch on and off, just if there was like a catastrophic, like it's basically a catastrophic breaker is what it would be. If something really went to hell, like that would break before it would get to the battery or back to the rest of the appliances or whatever. Meanwhile, Again, I don't really understand all of it um, enough to explain it. I, I am the one that gets worried about dying in said trailer. Yeah. So because of all this electrical stuff that I don't, <laughs> it's over my paid grade and it's closer to the door than our bed is mm-hmm. i made jordan also install a fire extinguisher next to the bed so we can blast our way to the yep. door if we needed to mm-hmm. um yeah good thing to have good and thing we have a co2 there. monitor as well for sure for the propane eater yeah. which we will get to here in just a safety over here just a hot minute yeah then what else do we have so we have those are kind of our two lights our outside mm-hmm. lights and our inside light those are the two main ones that are on the switch panel. Um, the other one that's on the switch panel goes to the TV, <laughs> which we'll get to in a second, too. Um, and then you install the fan. And, uh, oh, yeah. That's the other thing it goes to. Vent. Yep. So it's just a basic RV-style uh, vent and, like, an exhaust vent. has a fan on it. Um the top like opens you can turn the 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 fan on so that's where the other circuit goes to um that one i could have gotten one that ran to a switch that we would have turned the switch on the switch panel on and off to run that um but the one that i ended up purchasing has a dial on it already that's um like three speeds and then an off and i thought that that was just a better way to do it um not run as much wire. wire So I hooked that up. That's running off of another circuit onto there. And I'm pretty sure that's, that's all the circuits yeah, currently. That, oh, well, radio. Uh, radio. Yeah. So I've got a, you actually had an extra CD deck. Or mm-hmm. that was mine. I don't uh, remember. Oh, I think that one was mine. That one was yours. I also did my, a garage. Yeah, mine is, mine is in the garage. Yeah. Um, so I just got an under dash uh, mounting bracket basically for just a basic cd deck like you put in a car um got two speakers i built two little speaker boxes for it uh that go in the the front like up kind of in the top corners of the trailer um so we have a radio that plugs to our bluetooth 
So we can jam. We can jam, while which we're... we do often. Yeah, I would say at night, basically. We both love music, so we mm -hmm. we uh, get back from camping and stuff, and music comes on, and we cook dinner and jam out. And... Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's what I we've, did there for the electrical. We've also, so talk about the TV, and then we'll loop in the radio system with that. The, okay. So it's a computer monitor. Yeah, and I actually have made some changes to this, too, as we have gone about. Anyways, yeah, so I just had a, uh, a simple, like, cheap Walmart computer monitor that I had been using to edit off of. And when we started doing this project, I've been wanting to get a bigger, better monitor to edit off of. Um, so I went and bought one, and then we just took this one and put it in the trailer, and it's really interesting. Um, if you're going to do this, you need to get a TV that's a 12 volt. Best way to figure that out, go to Best Buy or wherever. And if the plug that comes out of the back of that TV or monitor is round, like it's a round plug that you can take out, like a little black round plug, it might even say DC on it, that is technically 12 volt direct current. So. I don't remember what I had. I had that monitor, and on the end of that cord is a black box that plugs into the wall. And that is essentially your AC adapter that takes that from 12 volt to 110. Um, that turns it into AC current, or like the adapter or whatever. So I just took that plug and I cut that sucker in half. <laughs> you and had something two, that you had two thrown wires. away. What did you throw? Use a yeah, because it went two ways. It went two ways somehow because I ended up using the other half. Yeah, because you on your radio. Yeah, um, and so like she decides to do this literally the day after she tossed this in the trash, <laughs> and so the next thing I know, Jordan's like arm deep in the trash dumpster can, diving. dumpster diving for this thing because she's just nifty about this electrical stuff. She starts it. chopping shit in half and using it in other directions. Yeah. Didn't you use the other one maybe on the other deck in the garage or something like yeah. that? Yeah. So what I wanted to do is Leah had this uh, CD deck that she was going to put in an old car that she had. Didn't get it done, was going to sell it. Well, we didn't have a radio that went in the garage, AKA like our gym. Mm hmm. And we had, I had these two extra speakers that I wanted to use. And I'm just like, I can figure out how to make this work. So when I took that cord and cut it in half, I used the side that had the plug-in with the AC adapter. And I wired it to the CD deck that she had so we could just plug it into a regular socket and power mm -hmm. that. <clears throat> so that's our gym radio. And then the other half went to the monitor yep. and the thing it racked it worked the out other it worked out perfect <laughs> yeah so the other one goes to the monitor um that's in the trailer so i cut that plug you're basically going to have a black which is your ground and a red which is your hot wire and i grounded that to the frame and then i ran my power wire over and ended it up at that switch box um so we have a switch that i can turn the TV on and off with, mm -hmm. um, which was and so with that good. because it's a monitor, we just used an HDMI to a uh, computer to watch movies. Yep, and, and 
with the computer, we can hook it to the Bluetooth, which is connected to the speaker system. So it's like we got a like surround sound situation going on there. I yeah. feel bougie, like super bougie. I and, know. And like, I don't know. It's so silly. Like we're both used to being intense and like all this stuff. And then we're, we're like choosing like, oh, it's kind of cold outside. Do you want to go sit by the fire? Or do you want to watch a movie in bed? Watch a movie in bed is mostly. <laughs> movie in bed what I is say. like really winning unless it's like summertime. And and it is if we're just the two of us. Um, definitely wins over sitting by the fire. If I if I've got friends yeah. around and we're gonna sit around and have a couple beers, and that will be so preferable. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's a uh, it's kind of nice. If, and especially like hunting season, it gets dark early. Yeah. And uh, it's cold outside. To be able to have that, or when Monday morning when you were deer hunting is yeah. snowing like crazy. So she was like, "Well, I'm gonna just go back and like cook some breakfast and hang out in the trailer and watch a movie, and it can mm-hmm. like." make you stay out longer instead yeah. of potentially just loading up and going home if no, you're, it no, does. you're gonna be bored mm-hmm. yep it does so just a couple of little things that i've purchased in the meantime um a little dvd player that plugs in via hdmi mm-hmm. uh so that, we don't have to have so we don't have to have a computer yeah. yeah and then i did get a sound bar a little sound bar that plugs into that as well so we can have our own dedicated deal that we can turn off from bed because otherwise tragically i have to get up and i have to shut all this shit off when it's cold in there because of the way that i wired it but anyways that's pretty much the electrical setup i mean it's pretty easy doing it off 12 volt you know get on youtube learn yourself what 12 volt and 110 volt the differences are oh that's the other thing okay charging the battery that's something that uh, a lot of people go solar right off the bat. Um, I personally didn't want to just, it seemed like at the time we were either gonna go solar or we were gonna go with a generator. We weren't gonna do both at first. And I Pick wanted and with to, yeah, I wanted to rely on something that I didn't have to rely on the sun for. Or you can just use a generator more on different yeah. using random stuff you know like for sure my brother's wedding need a generator like mm-hmm. all of these like random things and so you can use a generator for more than just a solar seemed, panel it only helps you with the trailer yep seemed like a better purchase to start out with mm-hmm. so what i did was i got a noco 15 amp um trailer well <clears throat> like a pass-through plug is basically essentially all you're doing with that thing is you're making it so you can pass like an extension cord through the wall basically so that's just a regular like 15 amp plug just a three prong um we can plug a extension cord into it from the outside plug it into a generator just like you see on most rvs except a lot of rvs have the 30 amp plug um which is looks a lot like a 240 volt Mm -hmm. looks kind of like that um and that's for running big appliances things that kick off a lot of heat microwaves um, stoves yep stoves air conditioning units things like that that pull a lot of juice um that's what those plugs are for so when you plug into that shore power that's what that's for we didn't really need that we just i just needed to run like an extension cord through to charge the battery yep Yep. so that's what i did um that thing is a, a male plug on the outside it comes in it splits into two females 
one of those females is plugged into the battery charger. The battery charger that I got is a NOCO, I think it's a 10 amp charger. It's like a smart charger. Um, and that goes to the battery. And what a lot of guys are doing now that I've learned, um, I definitely did like the cheap way of, this is, this was my cheap version to get around the charger converters that people, most people have. They have a little thing that's like a battery charging box. It's a charging box and it's also a converter that's going to convert the 12 volt to a 110 to run regular plugs in your trailer. So when the generator is on, your regular 110 plugs work um, for charging, or if you're not just the, the USB. Yep, or mm -hmm. if you're plugged into the house and then it also will charge your batteries. Um, <clears throat> so they're like 800 bucks. They're just expensive as hell. They're kind of big. And I was like, mm, I think I can get around that by just getting a regular old battery charger that when the generator's plugged into it and it's on, it's going to charge the battery. Mm -hmm. And that's been working for us. Well, good and really that battery's so been holding the charge really well. Um, and we plug it's it in, great. have it charged up when we leave. And uh, we haven't had to run the generator to charge it except for when we have left the trailer like and gone back yeah, to it we like ran it pretty hard for that weekend mm -hmm. and then when we went back to the trailer um it seemed like and the other thing too i wouldn't say my next big thing i needed to dive into is finding a better way to monitor that battery percentage um yeah that's pretty much what i gotta do because you don't with that battery you don't want to ever let it go full dead it's like really bad for it right yeah, so I've been learning too. That's like pros and cons with the lithium versus the lat, the lead acid. The lithium batteries you can really deplete them to like ninety percent dead. Like there's only ten percent left, and you can recharge them. It doesn't really hurt them. Lead acid batteries, they say you deplete them past fifty percent, and they're it takes a toll on them. It hurts them. Another thing with lead acid, and this is why we are gonna definitely, I think. This winter, we're going to do the solar situation. We might even do it, honestly, when I'm back home in a couple weeks. Um, it's really good for those lead-acid batteries for their life cycles to be able to recycle every day. So if you're depleting off of them, um, the putting charge back into them to get them back to 100% is really good for them. And it'll, it'll prolong the life of the battery. So with solar... It works good because you use the battery at night while you're gone the next day, it's recharging mm -hmm. and you're getting back on your cycle. So, um, yeah, we're going to end up putting solar in cool. here pretty quick. Um, and la okay, two more things with this trailer. Okay. You got the heater and then that was big. How, how you built the bed, okay. I think, is the last two. The last two big oh, things. Oh, and we, we screwed some, like, pre-made shelves from Lowe's onto the walls. But that was... That's yeah, we made a flip-up table. Oh, yeah. Um, we bought two sets of unfinished um, cabinets from Lowe's. Mm -hmm. And we screwed those to the wall. So we have one cabinet in the front on one side of the V. On the other side of the V, I took a Davis Tense organizer, and I screwed it to the wall. So that's just, like, little cubby organizers, which are, works really good. And then um, we took like a, a smaller cabinet, lower profile cabinet, and we have it screwed to the wall up above the 
um, flip-up table. Mm -hmm. And the flip-up table is essentially just a piece of plywood that I <clears throat> cut out, rounded the corner, sanded it down, took like a little butane blowtorch, torched the top of it so it looked kind of nice. Getting fancy. Stained it and then put like some kind of like a wax coating thing on it. It's a little sealant. Yeah. Yep. A little bit of a sealant, but the the um, brackets that I used for it they just call, I think they just call them flip up or like collapsible mm -hmm. um, folding brackets. They hold supposed to hold up to like 300 pounds. I don't know. They you pull work the damn table good. Up, they clip into place. Ka-ching! Mm -hmm. And then when you want to put it down, you just reach behind there, click both, and then they fold. Yep. Kind of like a folding table in general. Yep. Uh, they work great. And we put a, a mini version of that up above the bed so we can throw, you know, cell phones, phones on chapstick, whatever else tea. you want up there. Tea. Oh, yeah. I forgot tea. about the tea. I yeah, almost dropped the whole tea. tea on our head the other day. Hell, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that's what we did for that. Um, trying to think what else. Uh, probably the next thing that was big next to the electrical and getting that situation figured out was the heating situation because that's obviously big. Um, there was a lot of people that are using these ventless uh, propane heaters, which is essentially like a Mr. Buddy heater. The problem with those are, uh, I mean, the biggest thing is like CO2, having that situation. The other thing, there's nowhere to like vent the, like the condensation that that thing is making. So it's like throwing off a really wet heat. Doesn't really dry anything. Makes everything kind of sticky. Um, it's kind of a pain in the ass. So. The few options that we had were either do that ventless. Uh, we talked about doing wood stove. Um, there's some guys that are putting these little wood stoves in. Um, I didn't really want to have to deal with trying to cut little wood things all the time. I wanted a fast source of heat. Um, and it's a little more dangerous to have a wood stove. Yeah. Things burn easily and, you know, accidentally move mm -hmm. up against my puffy pants have a lot of uh, yeah. tape on them because it's a very close encounter to a, a wood stove. You know, all these puffy things that we have that are great, mm -hmm. highly <clears throat> flammable. Yes. Or melt, like, melt. faster yeah. than you could ever possibly imagine. So. Yeah. So, uh, ended up, I really was going to go the route of what they call a Chinese diesel heater. <laughs> and <laughs> A lot of people have been using them and they love them. And essentially what it is, is it's like a little diesel motor. You put a little, like a, a flat diesel can on the, mounted on the outside. And that's what your fuel is. You run it into the inside with this heater. And then there's um, a, an exhaust that would, would exhaust out the bottom of the trailer. And then um, it goes into some, you can do some ducting work and it ducts like little, it looks like little vehicle um, vents that kick out the heat. Seems like they're pretty damn efficient. They're really cheap to buy. They were like 130 bucks or something like that off Amazon. Um, I had told my dad about that. He was worried that things were gonna smell like diesel. Um, and he ran a little situation by me that's called a direct vent propane furnace. And we have one down at the house where the hunters stay in. And he's like, yeah, the reason that 
I had them put that in there is you do not need electricity with it. Like you don't need electricity to kick it on, kick it off, have a fan or anything like that. Um, it's literally just a little thermostat and um, the one that we got lights, but it's like we have to turn the pilot on and actually have to light it. And you don't need, you just need a little propane bottle to run it. So that's what I got. I Vents out the side of the trailer. Yep. So you had to cut a hole in the trailer, vents out the side. Um, I feel like the safety the, coordinator of this trailer. Like I don't do a lot. You are. But I'm like, let's, let's do this outside yeah. stuff. So I liked that it vented outside. Yeah. I mean, I have got CO2 poisoning before and it was awful. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a migraine for like all day and it was... And, kills mean, people and I could have died also. They can be dangerous. They're very useful. But and that's the ventless. You have to vent yeah. places with buddy heaters. Can't um, rely on them. I mean, even with this vented situation, like, we're even wary about leaving mm-hmm. it on overnight. That's yeah. going to change on Hence this the CO2 November. monitor. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. So we do have a CO2 monitor. So I don't remember what that damn thing's called. If you're interested in it, let me know. Um, it's a 11,000 BTU propane furnace, and I mounted it to the wall pretty sturdily. Cut a giant hole in the wall to get the the uh, the pipes through. And basically, what it is is it's like your uh, like the hot pipe, the vent pipe is a small pipe inside of a larger pipe that is also your intake. Mm-hmm. So your exhaust goes out. And this is all the way it's supposed to be set up, and then your intake comes down on the outside of that. There's a nice little cap that's on the side of the trailer. Um, and then what I did is I drilled a hole in the floor <laughs> directly underneath the, the furnace, and I got a little plug for it from Ace. So when we're in transit, the plug's in the floor. When we stop, plug comes out of the floor, a propane hose runs up through it, <clears throat> and actually I have it the propane hose just, or the propane, yeah, the hose stays hooked up to the heater. And then I have an adapter, or not an adapter, just the hose goes through the floor and then hooks to the propane mm-hmm. on the outside. And we have a quarter turn shutoff. Um, that's a hard shutoff right as it comes in the trailer. So um, got that, I tested that actually a couple days ago and got it all taped up and Leak no theme. leaks, so we should be good to go. But that's a really good way to. It's easy. You get in. I would say the one thing in it, there is no built-in fan, um, so it's basically just a radiant heater. It just radiates the heat up. Um, so I have for my wall tent wood stove, I had a little, um, a little fan that sits on top of the stove, and as it heats up, it spins itself. So we put that thing on top of there and gets a little air circulating. Mm-hmm. Um, but that works really good. The next big thing we needed to come up with was a bed. And I had actually watched some van building videos is where I got this idea. And basically the dude used E-Track again. Um, E-Track is a thing that it like has little squares. You see it in a lot of a lot of trailers, people like tie their dirt bikes to it, four wheelers. On the floor, put it in yep. little uh, rings, D rings, and other yep. clasps and stuff. To There's hook a trailers. bunch of different kinds of attachments, like quick attachments you can put on it. One of those is a two by four attachment. So 
Um, we knew that we wanted, the bed was going to be pretty damn high. We knew we wanted to put like at least two um, totes underneath of it. So you could so, stack them. Yep. So basically what I did, screwed each rack to the walls, got four two by four attachments, two by four in the front and in the, or on each side or in the front and the back, however you want to look front at that. Front and back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Going crosswise yep. from the trailer. Yep, and I spaced it out to a full-size bed, and then I have two pieces of uh, plywood, plywood, three-quarter inch plywood. I cut into equal sections, so those go up on those two-by-fours, and then that's our bed platform. And the beauty of that is when we roll our bed roll up and we shove it to the front of the trailer, the two pieces of plywood come off, stack on top of each other, we set them on the floor and they fit in between the wheels of the side-by-side. -side. So we basically straddle it. drive the side-by-side -side straddles them and drives over the top when we put it in so the bed like doesn't take up any room. It's really. super quick too. You know, yeah. like we each get on either side of it, plop the two by fours in, throw the plywood on top and throw our pads out and toss yep. the sleep bag on it. I bet it takes us five minutes to put the bed up. Yeah. And then you're just good to go. Nice. Uh, pro tip being that when you close the very back door of your trailer to not slam it, yeah. because whatever dirt is on that thing is going to slam right onto your bed. And being the the Nebraska sand mm -hmm. lady that she is, mm -hmm. that trailer still has so much sand on it that if we accidentally let that door slam, the bed ends up with sand in it. Yeah. Um, so it's a pain in the ass. Just, yeah, random random thing that yeah. we've learned is that you want to close the door nice and soft. Yeah. <laughs> We're still trying to perfect our bed setup, I would say. Um, we've got it pretty good. I personally don't like how it's in like five different pieces that we got to piece it together. Mm. We're basically just using two cot pads side by side and then a thicker pad that um, Leah got from Walmart that's just like goes like on top of a foam. bed. Yeah. yeah. And we just cut it to size. Um, that goes on top of it. And then we just use like that double sleeping bag that we were talking about earlier. We throw that on with like blankets and whatnot. A couple pillows and you need a, we step on the Yeti box to get into bed. <laughs> it's it's a pretty high. She's pretty high up there, but it is like pretty damn comfortable. We sleep real hard in it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm yeah. 5'11, Jordan's 5'10. And uh, I'm 5'10. Leah's <laughs> like 6'2. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but um, being crosswise and not like running the length of the trailer, yeah. I have enough room to like not have my head touching one side and not have my feet touching the other. Like there's, there's wiggle room. Yeah. I think that if you were probably up to six, two, you'd be able to sleep I still think, laying all the way out. I think those are cut to 80 inches. Those two by, fours, two by fours. I think they're cut to 80 yeah. inches. So it's pretty comfortable. Mm -hmm. If you were, if you were really tall, you know, six, four and above, like you might be a little, a little crunched there, but yeah. I was, I was a little worried that I was going to be, you know, like crunched up and not be able to like fully extend out all the way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's been nice. Yeah. I think it's plenty long. Yeah. Comfortable. Yep. Easy to set up. I think so. That's, that's like the nuts and bolts of what we did. We're doing some other stuff. Um, you know, we did insulate the ceiling with the same foam insulation. We put uh, that tin roofing on, which I think is going to be nice. It has been so far with just screwing some stuff mm -hmm. up there that I have. 
Um, I put garage epoxy paint on the floor. Yep, to protect the floor a yep. little bit. Yep, keep that protected a little bit. Um, we do. We did get a cheap piece of like, what, eight by ten rollout, seven by ten rollout carpet, um, outdoor rollout carpet that we threw. We throw on the floor. Just gives that little um, bit of insulation for if you're walking around with socks and stuff, because the floor is the yeah. only thing that's not insulated. Yep. And it, if you're walking around without carpet or anything, it does get a little chilly. Um, yeah. So, and we have, you know, we're bougie, so we got slippers oh, that yeah, are trailer cool. slippers that we switch into from our boots <laughs> yeah um but and it's nice just like you know we get home and you can toss out that carpet and kind of like whip it out and gets most of the dirt and stuff mm -hmm. out of there too so yep so that's what we do there um we did gosh i thought there was another big point um i put a window in the door um i put a window in the door that happened that was like one of the first things that happened it's nice to have some daylight mm -hmm. in there it's pretty dark you can oh yeah you can it's nap dark. hard in there because it's yeah, be like a hundred degrees outside and yeah. sunny and it's dark and, mm -hmm. and nice inside. Yeah, um, super nice. Um, I would say the thing that's gonna happen now is a shower. We're gonna do a little shower thing. Um, we got an outdoor shower that essentially is a Camp Lux. I think it's like a liter and a half. It's a on-demand hot water stint. heater. Yeah. Um, for propane. So. <laughs> Hook a propane bottle up, um, just runs off of a 12 volt pump. You throw, um, you know, a line from the pump into water of any kind, pumps it through. Uh, it uses propane to heat the water once it hits the thing, and then it goes through a shower line, and you have hot water, and it's badass. It, it's great, you know. Like uh, I'm not someone that has to shower every day, but. Mm -hmm. It, it, the, we used it a lot this summer and the nice thing is is you can just hang it up in a tree if you want to or yeah. like oh, we put it on like the side of our trailer and have a little pop-up shower uh, mm -hmm. curtain thing so that way people can't see us out there in our, our birthday suits yeah. but um, it you know out dirt biking this summer with family and my parents having a side-by-side -side, you just get so dusty and, and nasty and it was really nice to be able to just shower yeah. that off and it really didn't cost that much money um, what was it, 150 or sure. 160 or something yeah. like that? Yep. And so now Jordan Jordan wants to have it on the inside. and It's going to be on the inside. You know, weekends and stuff, it's not that big a deal not to shower. But if you get out for a you know week-long trip or something, I feel like a shower can be really revitalizing and oh, yeah. make you want to keep going. Um, and really, for the setup that I have going in that thing for the shower, it didn't cost us much. Mm -mm. It's not going to cost us much, you know? And... Essentially, what I did there is we needed a hole in the floor of some kind, which always holes in the trailer make Leah a little uneasy because <laughs> the vent currently leaks water, which we need to figure yeah, out. Yeah, there's, there's going to be some more uh, uh, leak. Yeah, that was my bad. Leak fix yeah. stuff going in the ceiling. I basically have banned all holes in ceilings no from more, now on. No more ceiling holes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, just holes in general just are more likelihood that you're going to have leaks and or dust that get in there yeah. and nothing worse than For like sure. getting somewhere and having all of your shit all dusty dusty nasty to, to even start out with and, yeah um so yeah i just giggle because she's like just i just keep coming up a with woman stuff. with a drill <laughs> you know like it's so great <laughs> you give this girl a drill and a jigsaw and you never know what's gonna happen and yeah so, 
Now there's a bigger hole, but but she did get a little insert that screws in to close the hole. She's got an insert yeah. for the, the hole on the floor for the propane. I, I just makes me laugh because I just <laughs> giggle, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's basically a, it's like a tank lid yep. that I bought like a replacement tank lid. Uh, jigsaw to hold it in the floor, put that thing in there so we can unscrew and like screw the lid back on, plug the hole up, unscrew it, makes a hole in the floor. Um, I looked at some shower pans, and they were all about three, four hundred bucks a piece. And I was like, yeah, screw that. So uh, I thought a cement mixing tub looked pretty good. <laughs> so I got a cement mixing tub, drilled a hole in the middle of it, um, put a, just bought a, um, a drain, screwed a drain onto it. We caulked it last week. Has a little bit of pipe sticking down um, from the bottom of the drain. So and essentially, what it's going to do is it's going to, we're going to unscrew the cap. We're going to set the freaking, our homemade shower pan on it. The uh, hot water heater is going to sit on the wall. And then um, it's really hard to find circle, circular shower curtains. So I just went and bought some PVC pipe, made a square out of it, bought a cheap shower curtain. Turns out we're going to need two of, two shower curtains to go around the whole thing. And that's essentially going to be our shower, so yeah, it's going to be able to do the job. It's going to set it up. It's going to set up and go down mm -hmm. really quick. Um, yeah, I think, and it's going to be nice. Yeah. For you know, even if it's just like one shower. And the nice thing is because we have all the space underneath the um, the bed is basically just storage, and so we yeah. have totes with our food and hunting gear and different things like that in there. And um, we can we have a, a tote that's designated for shower stuff mm -hmm. and and all of these different things and so it's nice to just like you can shove it underneath the bed or double stack them and all of our stuff's still organized but it's not in your way yeah um and that's been nice and so you know if you got to pull out the shower stuff and just toss it up once a week at least it's not in your way 99 percent of the time it's just tossed in the back underneath the bed yep and then i mean i think take the uh we'll just take everything outside when we're done with it or let it dry you know mm -hmm. or wipe it up with a towel whatever and then we throw it back under the bed th screw the cat back on and then we're like rocking Good again yeah um i will say just real quick with the propane heater it heats you know it heats everything above the heater um so the floor is kind of cold so what we do to combat that if it's really cold yep if it's really cold we have a little milk house electric heater um that we turn the generator on and that heater will go. Um, like it is throwing a, my boots in front of it and stuff to get them wattage. all warm in the morning. Yeah, we've warmed up tortillas with it. <laughs> um, and so that works good. We have the generator that we have is a Honda 2200i companion. Um, been a good generator thus far. Currently it won't start, but I'm pretty sure it's because the oil level's low. I didn't mess with it the other morning when I was trying to start it. Yeah, you ran it out with the other night when you got mm -hmm. back with the deer and then it just hadn't really messed with it since. Yeah, it was cold, so it's just like, whatever. Uh, um, <clears throat> I feel like the moral of this story is Lord have mercy. I hope we can't do much more to this trailer. I you, think we're done. It just took us an hour to go through all the little things that we <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's great. Oh, shit, honey. We, that's um, slow. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> They're just going really slow in front of us. Scared me. 
<laughs> All good. Um, but, uh, you know, I feel like this is Jordan's baby. And she's just, like, mm-hmm. having a good time tinkering with it. Yeah. And ultimately, if you wanted to, you could have a trailer just like this. I would say essentials are the heater and the bed. And Yep, figuring that out. The cabinets are very nice electrical is probably stuff. the next and then thing. if yeah if you want to be able to charge um things and you know it's nice to be able to go yeah. back charge your batteries charge your things and um but you don't have to get as fancy as the shower and oh no. we left out my favorite part which one the porta potty oh yeah i've my that was leah's baby <laughs> Um, yeah, basically, uh, just, you know, it's cold outside. And as women, most of the time we have to go bare our bottoms outside to go, to go pee. And, um, my grandma randomly had a porta potty in her basement and I had been looking at some. Like these little ones. Like tiny. It's a little, like it has a two gallon tank on the bottom of it. It's basically just a seat and has a a dinky little tank on it. And uh, my grandma had one in her basement, and I was like, I'm going to take this. And uh, so, yeah, we have a little porta potty that uh, we can use uh, throughout the night or whatever. Don't put any toilet paper or anything in there. Just water a tree with it uh, when we're done. Throw a little Clorox after we're done. get home, yeah. Leave it cracked open just a little bit so it can kind of air out. and And it works so so nicely it it is there's something to be said about just being able to relax and sit down i mean if i was a dude and i could just like pee out the door which that would be cool yeah and any dude listening to this is going to be like i'm just going to stand up and pee out the door and that is that is totally fine and it would be nice (laughs) it would be real nice but But, uh, um, as a lady i would say that i think these things run like a hundred bucks and mm -hmm. I, one of the docs I work with, uh, recently they have a little camper, but it doesn't have a bathroom in it. And I, uh, turned her on to it and she came back from weekend camping and was like, that was so stinking nice. When you can like sit down (laughs) and just pee in the night. You don't have to go like lean outside up against the wheel well or a tree and put on your shoes and do all the things. Very nice. So nice. Uh, last thing I just want to touch on cooking. Yeah. Real quick. Uh, we bought a Pit Boss. I don't know what it is. Flat top. It's like a flat top griddle. Yeah. A two burner. Runs off those little green propane bottles. And we cook with it on the front, um, on that table. The front uh, bench thing. I always call it a bench. It's not a friggin' bench. It's a uh, countertop. Countertop. There you, there you go. go. And, uh,. We have a single burner Works good. as well if we want to do pots of, you know, mm-hmm. doing things. Pots or pans. We jet boil a lot for coffee. Yeah, and I've got my MSR reactors in there, mm-hmm. and that's what I use for coffee yeah. and tea and stuff. And works good. It's simple. And I will tell you, I think with the generator, brand new trailer, we're praying at ten grand. Yeah. Everything. And you're not going to uh, – there's no toy hauler. Take it right up here. Um that you're going to find that's at that price point. Yeah. And I mean, more insulation in the walls. Yes. You're not going to have to do any of the stuff yourself. Yes. But we can take the, and we've done it. We can take the bed out. If we want to take the counter out, we can, and it's a utility trailer. Mm -hmm. So 
Yep, it's pretty handy. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I have to say about it. If I we bored you to death, we're so sorry. If you have any questions on the trailer, just hit me up. I can shoot you links to everything that I bought or everything that I'm gonna buy for it. We don't really have much left. No, and I think once we get it kind of all buttoned up and everything, Jordan is yeah. gonna do a, we'll do a video and post it on our YouTube so that way people can nerd out and, mm -hmm. and do it all. Yep, and I think we'll do a big tour and then I was thinking about doing like, cause the electrical itself was a lot, so. Yeah. It's, doing like a dedicated electrical it, thing of how I did it and why. And, mm -hmm. it's, and then and I'm that. sure it's really hard to explain on it's here. So, yeah, it's so hard. So it'll explain. be better in the video so you can point to what's going on mm -hmm. and, and how you did it. And, um, you know, if yeah. you're handy, I feel like this is a fun project that people can do. Um, and you can make it how it, the cool thing is you can make it however you want it. Like there is not another trailer like ours in the world. Like I didn't really copy anybody. I just like came up with some shit on my own and then looked at some other stuff that people weren't even doing to trailers. Like they were putting in teeny houses and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, trailer is your oyster, if you will. It is. <laughs> All right, uh -huh. folks. We just got to Casper, Wyoming. Man, we're still a long ways from home. Oh, <laughs> shit. I know. I'm almost thinking about just... I feel like in a room. <laughs> it's, we should it's eat something. not a bad though, idea. Actually. Dinner sounds I'm pretty hungry. nice. But, um, yeah. Uh, yep. Thanks for listening to our... Long our stories. ramblings. And, and also, we have started our own little outdoor Instagram page. High yeah. Camp Outdoors. We're going to start doing some videos of stuff we've done. and I don't know. Just a good space to promote us and Jordan and all of our little adventures. And uh, yeah, and Edna's basically the cover child. Promote um, uh, family hunting. Yeah. Couples hunting together. Mm -hmm. It can be really fun. Yeah. And we haven't uh, killed each other yet. So no. that's good. There was Hasn't only, even come close. It was just one time. That I suggested. She tried to prod me to get up the hill, and I was like, I'm trying to watch things. <laughs> I was trying to get up the hill. Don't push me. She was me. trying to make sure we didn't hike past things, and I realized mm -hmm. that I was in the wrong, and that it was better to stop it. <laughs> realizing that you can yeah. be wrong sometimes is always good. Yeah. And we had a good giggle about it mm -hmm. later. We did. In the moment, we were breathing hard and sweating, and tensions were high because <laughs> we were running a little bit behind schedule yeah, we trying were. to get up to our glassy knob. So. Yep. But other than that, life's great. Go hunting it with is. your partner. It's fun. Life's great. We're tying the knot. It's going to be a thing. Boom. <laughs> All right. See you guys. Bye.